Welcome everyone to another fun-packed episode of Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd, all hooded up, and I'm here with my main man, JB. What's going on, big man? How are you, man? How are you doing? Fucking cold, dude. Like, we've just put the heating on, and that's why I've got my hoodie on, and I'm wrapped up. It, it shall be removed once the radiators... Um, heat up a little bit and then I will remove it to reveal a bit more of my uh, lovely mullet. Right now you've got a very uh, Revenge of the Sith kind of thing going on. Revenge of the Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast hoodies. Get what I'm saying? Repping the merch. The sweet hoodie. Um, You can't see it because it's behind me but um, I've got the uh, the logo behind me but I do have a radiator at my back so I'm, I'm I'm very toasty. Nice. What do they call them in America? Radiators. They don't call them radiators, do they? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. For our American viewers, they're the things that go on the wall and they're pumped with hot water and they heat up your house. Yeah, you can dry your clothes on them as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's a very English thing. Like this time of the year, when you bang the heating on the central heating in it's, the house, yeah, it's that time. It's definitely it's that time. Bloody cold. So, yeah, man, I'm all right, bruv. Just a little bit cold. This is um, looking forward to this because it's episode 20. And um, we've recently done one of my favourite WrestleManias. And this week we are doing young man JB's, possibly his favourite WrestleMania. I, I love that he acknowledges I'm the younger man in all this. Yes, you are the younger man. <laughs> the un- ongoing joke of me being some old ass son of a bitch is correct. Um, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's, it's like I said, it is in my top two of WrestleManias. Um, WrestleMania 24 being the other one because I was there. But WrestleMania 8. Show him your t shirt, bro. Oh. Um, in what should have been the real main event of this show, we will get to it. Fucking it is two. I don't know if you can see it on there. It is the yes. match man. It is. Ric Flair. And the man, Macho Man. Rick and Randy. Um, and yeah, uh, before we before we get to any of that stuff and the news and everything else, you know, we remind people, you know, let us into your lives, let us into your homes. Thank you very much for watching, listening. But remember, if you like it, like it. If you love it, subscribe, comment, do a dance, sing a song. Tell your friends. Yeah, so tell tell someone else's friend. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Tell everybody. Get subscribing, people. Yeah, you better tell somebody. Uh, yeah, and uh, a lot, like I said, if you're watching this, you can see us on YouTube. There are plenty of other places that Chris will tell us all about right now where you can find us. Yeah, dude, you can find us here on YouTube, Chat Grapple and Cheat Pops podcast. Catch us on Instagram and Twitter. Jordan's on there hitting them up all the time. But we are also on every single podcast platform imaginable. Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, um, 
oh, what's Amazon podcast? Amazon We're on flipping everywhere, you know, um, literally everywhere. Daily Smart on every single bloody podcast imaginable. We are there. Catch us there. Homies. And we uh, we definitely thank everyone for tuning in. That does do hit up the downloads because the downloads account is quite healthy. It's quite nice to look at every week to see that go up. Um, we will start with, with a bit of news. You know, we like to briefly get the, the junk out of the way. It's, you know, it's definitely junk. Um, I don't know if you've watched any of the WWE draft over the past week, Chris. Um, it's a snoozer. It's yeah. Just the way it is. They split up the New Day. Big E's on SmackDown. The rest of it's on Raw. You know, until there's, it, until not, there's crowds back as well. Like, yes. it's dead off. Mate, it's dead off. The the most exciting part of the draft for me was uh, Akin Fenwa saying he wanted to be part of the draft. Yeah, Wickham, Wickham Wanderers, uh, Adebayo, you know, Akin Fenwa, beast mode himself. Uh, beast mode, you know, and a top, to, top dude. Wanted to get in on it. Uh, now, this was a bigger one that seemed to fly under the radar for me. Um, I only found it because I was, you know, just scrolling. Um, MLW, remember them? Yep. You know? They've managed to get themselves a deal on UK television, on Freeview, no less. For those of you that have Freeview, I mean, Freeview reaches millions. What channel? Uh, it's called the Sports Channel Network. It's okay. in the high 200s on your Freeview box or whatever you're watching it on. But it's, it's wrestling on free TV. No one should complain about this. Yeah. And I, I've, I've put this, I've written this down because I was, the only thing I'm worried about is the same thing with uh, when WCW put shows on on Channel 5 and stuff like that. My only, I said, if the programming is up to date, the production's up to scratch, this could be brilliant for them. From what I remember, MLW did have some pretty good production um, and they had some pretty good stars on and off. Uh, I don't know what their roster is like now. Um, uh, you know, key, I mean, I think is there. Who? Low key. Low key. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Uh, former MMA star King Mo Lawal. Really okay. good character from what I remember in MMA, but I don't know how well he transitioned into wrestling. Probably quite well if he's in MLW, you know. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a random one. It you know. I only saw it because it sort of flashed by on my newsfeed, and we don't just have to watch WWE and AEW. There's there's plenty else out there. That's good, man. And TNA. Come on, bruv. Impact Wrestling, right? No, it will always be TNA to me, damn it. Um, but yes, um, is Impact, Impact on, Is Impact on in the UK? I, I don't think so. It, well, it used to be on Bravo. Yeah. It used to be like a lot. I mean, they, them was the glory years, man. Fucking. I'll be honest. I think the wrestling channel was the glory years for me. But Oh, TWC, man. Yeah, that, was, uh, that was something else. But yeah, it. I mean, it's not. A, I'm not saying, oh, it's a massive competitor to WWE and AEW like on TV. But if MLW can get it out there with a bit of decent advertising and stuff like that, why can't it get some good numbers? Hundred percent, man. Because yeah. wrestling fans, we love wrestling, and we and will watch. We will watch wrestling. You know what I mean? We'll this watch isn't, it. This definitely isn't a paid plug or anything like that, you know. But 
we definitely wish Court Bauer and the guys over at MLW the best on this one. Yeah, but 100%. Go and watch it. Again, like I said, this isn't a plug or anything. Like, no one's paid us to say this. Like, it's something we just found randomly. And we would like to wish them all the best on the Sports Channel Network. If they want to pay us to do it, we'll do a better job of it. <laughs> We need that money, money. Yeah, yeah. That money, um, money. <laughs> and also, on the last bit for me, um, Eddie Guerrero would have been 53 on the 9th of October. We are on the, this, at the time recording, it's the 15th, so we would have just missed it last week. Uh, my question for Chris, favourite match or moment of Eddie Guerrero? Oh, man. Uh, there's, uh, it, oh, all right. All right, let, let's go. <laughs> um well, I, I can't just have one. I really can't just have one. Eddie Guerrero, um, he, we'll talk about through his whole career. I mean, I've got I've got tapes, yeah, um, and and tape traders will know, and real wrestling fans will know. Strong style tapes, yeah, SST. They were like just tape traders tapes, yeah, and I've got um, the best of uh, Los Gringos Locos. Um, oh yeah, man. So Art Bar and Eddie Guerrero in ECW. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you again just quickly. And did Art Bar have the best frog splash of all? It was fucking cool, man. Yeah, it, it was fucking cool. And and Eddie kind of kept doing it as the tribute, I think, yeah. to Art. Um, I mean, they were great, dude. You know, it was like all I can say. That it was kind of like the Hollywood Blondes. You know what I mean? Los Gringos Locos. They, they were they, like... They were healing it up like mad in Mexico. Yeah, right? dude. You know, and anyone who don't know about them, go and check it out. Eddie Guerrero and Art Bar. There's probably some matches on YouTube, but I've got strong style there's tapes. One, there's maybe one match on an Eddie Guerrero DVD. Ah, uh, I think there is. Yeah, they did. Um... I've, got, I've got that. Um, Yeah, Viva La Raza. Yeah. I think it's on Viva La Raza. Um, La Raza, as they say. But yeah, I mean, Eddie... You know, I love the guy, man. I love the guy. I've got multiple figures of him. But, yeah, going through his career, I mean, Los Gringos Locos was sick. Um, all the stuff he did with China was just, oh, it was just amazing. Um, you know, it. but the one standout moment for me was, I, I know it's a weird one, but it was his match um, at Judgment Day with JBL when he was just literally... Yeah. bleeding like a stuck pig yeah. man it was it, it was something that i don't think i'll ever forget man it was fucking insane they talk about stopping matches now that should have been stopped man oh, like yeah, that, should have, that shouldn't have gone on another minute <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking insane i um for me i picked the uh the stuff where he was you know he was cheating to win he was you know laying down the floor i think uh ricochet this week Pay tribute to that by uh, hitting a chair on the ground and then falling over quite comically. That was great stuff. That was classic <clears throat> and, uh, Eddie, man. And Eddie and Rey Mysterio, 1997, Halloween Havoc. For me, great match, uh, man. That's an art form. That I mean, is... to be honest, even Eddie Guerrero versus Six in the last episode that we just did, that match pulled the pay per view from the depths it of its it. own anus. Yeah, it absolutely. saved it. Save that pay-per-view. Um, it was one of our crazier episodes. I will say that last week. Again, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's it's possibly the worst pay-per-view 
we've ever had to sit through and it has to be seen to be believed with some of the some of the hijinks that were going on in no, no, early 1997 in the NWO WCW. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was last week, and this week is a lot different. This this is this is um very much our early era stuff for us, especially me. April fifth, nineteen ninety two. It's a day before my fifth birthday. Yeah, I was I was um, coming up to ten years old. Um, on on this one, after I was nine, about nine and a bit. Uh, well, coming up to ten, yeah. Uh, on this, so I do, I do remember it. Um, Something else. This um, it is. It's the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis, Indiana, sixty-two thousand one hundred sixty-seven. Although not, I don't think they were all paid. I think they, a lot of them got in for free. And this one is considered low as well. Three hundred sixty thousand buys on pay per view which is still more than triple the business that you see when your AEW have a pay-per-view. So I was going to just quickly say, I'm stroking my beard. Can you see? Is that oh, getting Jim. to um, Anvil Neidhart? Jim Neidhart, yeah. It's a, is it getting there? I mean, You're going to have to toss it, that off, I thought off, it was more Undertaker from 99, that ministry stuff, but yeah, Undertaker I'm never there. stroked it. So Yeah, sorry, man, to interrupt. I was just stroking my beard, and I was like, oh, that's getting... I'm Jim sort of Neidhart. hoping someone comes out behind you and starts striking it like Hawk did to Andrew. Yeah, just the hand come round. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, this WrestleMania is, you know, and this this brings us to that same thing where you know we we don't know what we have until it's gone because this has just got star after star after star in it, and you look at rosters now across many many promotions and they just don't have it and we can talk about you know oh how great one company is you know a lot of people do that online you know, your tv champion went 20 minutes with orange cassidy last night on dynamite i'm not feeling it <laughs> i didn't want to bring it up but when we talk about star power you've got cody who is a star don't get me wrong and he's trying to elevate as many as he can. But they started flip-flopping the TV title. I mean, the heavyweight championship seems to stay where it's at because uh, Moxley, I almost said Ambrose, I almost did a Taz. Yeah. Um, uh, he did He did beat Archer. And then, but I mean, there's not many more heels for him to go up against. Dude, he... I'm I'm telling you this right. He should have fucking lost to MJF, man. The hype around that match was as big as any anything they've had recently. Oh. He he should have lost it, man. And he, he you know, and MJF could have been healing it up, keeping the title through dastardly means, and and just pissing all the AEW marks but off. This is I know, I know rotation is you know what it is in wrestling, but MJF is now doing some comedy stuff with the Inner Circle and. Momentum's gone. It's, it's dead. They fucking killed it. And we called it, man. We called it on this fucking show. We called it. They, they, in doing that, they completely killed any heat that he had. Um, and now, because he should have been a serious heel, because he, he doesn't have to be a joke, piss take person. No, now he's he buying be, jackets for the inner circle. Yeah, he can I'm be figuring. a heel 
champion and he would have been a real good one because people genuinely, I mean, granted, it's a lot of people that don't fucking understand the wrestling business, but people did genuinely hate him. There was a a lot of hype around him. and There was. And giving him the strap would have just, it would have given, um, I was going to say Ambrose as well, Um, it would have given Moxley like someone legitimate um, to to feud with for to build it up, you know. But it pissed me off. I won't lie to you. I mean, it still pisses me off now. Yeah, there's. I mean, they are running out of heels to feed to Moxley, apart from maybe Miro, and I guess if they do a rematch with Jericho, that's it. I mean, even even um, MJF would have been able to have great heel matches with Miro. He would have been able to have great matches. Um, you know, I, I think he would have still kept that because he would he should have kept his valet. He would have kept his, you know, like in this show, you had Ric Flair who had Mr. Perfect, who was fucking getting involved, doing his bits and bobs. That is a heel champion. You've got to have different aspects it's, to the game. I know that I know they're pushing, they're pushing towards Moxley and Eddie Kingston now, which is fine. You know, Kingston can talk. I'm not convinced he can go in the ring, but that's that's me. That's my opinion. I'm, you know, I'm not Jim Cornette, and but it is my opinion. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what's yeah. what's annoying though, dude. Uh, AEW will be the death of itself, and I'll tell you why. Because they're listening to the fans too much. They're they're playing to these <laughs> fucking, as Pillman would say, smart marks. They're playing too much to the smart marks. They should just do the business as the business should be done and stop listening to dickheads who are sitting behind the computer at home and think they know the wrestling business. That That is the reason why that, you know what I'm saying? Like dickheads <laughs> like us, but yeah. that, they, that is the reason I truly believe that they didn't put the strap on MJF because they were listening to the internet too much. When really, if they would have just done it, give it a chance and pushed it, I think they would have found that it would have garnered a lot, a lot of heat. Yeah. A lot of heat, but they fucked up. As 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 was said in Minister Society, you know you don't fucked up, right? Yeah. Um, and they don't fucked up. It, it is what anyway. it is. You know we're not in charge <laughs> of AEW yet. You know, but it's but it's upsetting as well because you know it, there was a lot of hype when AEW came in. Um, and I was very, very excited when it first came in. I was watching and seeing what was going on, but it, it's becoming very disappointing. And it's getting to the point now where I honestly feel that it will go down the pisser. I think, I honestly think it's not going to be around long term. I reckon it's probably leaking money, especially to do with Corona and stuff like that's why they wanted to let a few fans in to get a bit of revenue. They yeah, were probably cool. the first promotion to let any fans in. And it was probably financial to the fact where they said we need to get some fucking money in because they don't have the big money deals that um WWE have and they haven't got I, you know, like I say, I, I'm I'm doubtful that the Khans are really going to be throwing as much money at it as 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 Vinnie Mac would. I, I honestly, I don't think they're going to do it because they've got their fingers in too many pies. They own American football teams, they own English football teams. They've they've got fingers in lots of pies, man. Yeah. It's um, you know, we'll see how it goes, and we're not wishing death upon them. But I'm just oh, saying, absolutely not. You know, <clears> if it carries on. Better. 
the the product just ain't quite good enough yet. It, it just ain't quite good enough and yet. That, and that's disappointing more than anything. It is disappointing because, you know, WWE, for all its faults, and there are many, we are not going to list them now. 100%, man. Yeah. Um, they can still pull out a great story. And I mean, you just have to look at Roman and Jey Uso. They've pulled out, they've literally pulled a story out of their asses on this one. And it's a damn good one. They don't always get it right. They, they More often than not, they get it wrong. You see some terrible main events. You see some terrible stories and terrible gimmicks. But they can nail a story. And they, and this is where AEW need to learn because they almost nailed a story with MJF. Almost. Exactly. They almost nailed a story. But then they buckled to the smart marks and the Moxley marks. Um, and... You know, like I say, to me, I, I'm not a Moxley fan anyway. I've said this multiple times. I just don't really think he has that charisma. I think he's one-dimensional. I think that the, the one-dimensional character of a poor man, Steve Austin. That's it, bro. But we will move. We will move. We're going to move on. Move on because, because it does seem like we kind of use AEW as the whipping boys most weeks, but it's not. I think it's just because we care what's yeah. going to happen to him. I genuinely think that's why. We want to see him, you know... Thrive. Yeah, we don't want to see him pull plugs on pushes and stuff like that. We want to see him... 100%. Take the plunge on something. And they didn't. And this is where they are now. Um, but yeah. We moved to WrestleMania 8 in Indianapolis. Yeah, dude. Chris, I believe you're watching VHS this, this week. I am watching the VHS um, as per. And this VHS if people can see on their screens, isn't the VHS that you can see um, the cover that we have on our background. It is, in fact, the VHS that came with the WWF Legacy VHS Collection, which I will... Oh, bloody hell. Uh, that I will show now. And it, it is this beast. That is, that is impressive. It is 15 VHSs. WrestleMania one to fifteen on VHS, and that I mean I've got I've got loads of the WrestleManias, um, you know, individual as well. Um, you know, I've I've got I made sure I had the Tyson one. Um, I've got WrestleMania seven, WrestleMania three. Um, but I've got a, a shitload of different WrestleManias. Um, seventeen, eighteen, um, on individual one. But this legacy box set is something that I just I you know I I had to have it. This is the only WrestleMania I have on VHS now. Is it really? Yeah, this is it. This is the one. I, I refused to get rid of it when I got rid of like so many others that like, I just couldn't get couldn't part with this one. Um, so if and when, just shout out when there's a Silver Vision or Coliseum Video exclusive. Coliseum exclusives. There That's are right. Coliseum exclusives, yes. But we do get the killer Vince promo at the beginning of the show. It's a double main event, you know. Yeah, you can't you can't beat the the Vince shouting stuff. And it is it is a double main event for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be, but yeah, it is. Of course, it shouldn't. But uh, Hogan is Hogan in this, so we'll try not to dog him too much until we get to the main <laughs> event. Um, but like I said, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan open the show. Heenan is already looking for the pictures of Elizabeth on the big screen. There is a lot of Bobby Heenan 
quotes to be had on this show. If you're looking for Bobby Heenan's, some of his best work, it's here in Royal Rumble 92 by far. You know, He's May- on fire. Mania 7. But Bobby Heenan is on fire in 1992. Absolutely on fire. And we get, uh, we get the American National Anthem sung by country music superstar Reba McIntyre. Now, Reba is a superstar, don't get me wrong. She has her own sitcom as well. Oh, I think she had her own sitcom later on down the line. I don't think it's on anymore. But, I mean, that is superstar stuff, isn't it? Oh. You get your own sitcom, you'd be made. That was a, that was a lot of... Uh, <laughs> and Bobby Heenan can't help himself. That's Ariba McIntyre. Ariba, Ariba, Matt, he, he, he goes, as soon as she stopped singing, he went, oh, damn, Tito's sister sure can belt it out. Yeah. Ariba, Ariba <coughs> McIntyre. And it was just literally from the word go, he's, he's, on, he's on it. He's, yeah, he's, he, is on a, he is on one tonight. Um, it, our first match is, it, you know, it, is, um, it was meant to be Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. But Marty Jannetty was fired for being arrested. I'm not, I don't have the full story on that. I just know that he was meant to obviously have his, his blow off um, on this feud with Shawn Michaels here at WrestleMania 8, but it doesn't happen. It happens didn't later on end, in 92. Didn't they end up doing it on Raw? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they do have a match on a pay-per-view. I can't remember which one right didn't right now, but... No, I can't. Yeah. Oh, don't spring, I mean, that's Raw how much... Raw doesn't start until 93, so... Oh, yeah, that's... It, yeah, it does I, make I, a comeback in 92, but right. late, late in 92. But yeah, this was meant to be Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty. Doesn't happen. It is Tito in in there in his place against Shawn Michaels, who is with Sensational Sherry. Bobby Heenan is whistling the theme tune for Shawn Michaels. It's brilliant. I mean, I've got a little bit of memorabilia to show as well, some more, and it is a signed picture of Tito Centena. Oh, look at that! Arriba. El Matador with the pink and green baby. That yeah, the outfit is. Uh... It's pink and it's it's green tights with a bit of pink on it. Lovely. Um, Gorilla notes that the arena isn't full yet. He, uh, Bobby Heenan starts mocking, saying that they haven't set their clocks uh, forward or back. So I think it's forward. Yeah, so, uh, and he's saying the traffic outside, because apparently it was rammed um, outside the arena as well. There's a bit of traffic trouble. <laughs> Bobby says that he, uh, he doesn't... Uh, Shawn Michaels doesn't allow any BIM woman... To be there and uh, yeah. yeah, it's great stuff, man. Like this is, I mean, there was a real big um, hill pop for Sean, as in a lot of fucking booze, um, which is great stuff uh, yeah. when he was coming to the rim because this is pretty much uh, the birth of the Heartbreak Kid. It is the 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 beginning. Yeah, this, of, is, you know, this is very much the beginning because Sherry is, is the one singing the theme song, um, not Sean. <laughs> it's it's great. I love that theme song of Sherry yeah. singing it. And, you know, she's in there and she's doing the butt grab. You know, she's standing in the ring, like, grabbing her own butt and stuff. Um, you know, 
and and just you know the kiss on the cheek and stuff like that you know and sean saying to her look behave yourself yeah. you know behave don't yourself go out, so, yeah and you know don't do nothing until i tell you and That's it's cool. just you know it's 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 brilliant they're building this character of this asshole and who would have thought that he would become and blossom the, into the asshole that he became? <laughs> but anyway. Well, Bobby Heaton would later on in this match. Um, <laughs> he's, he's already suggesting that Santana punched Sherry. Gorilla's telling him it's early and not to start. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, I think uh, Bobby Heaton suggested that he pinned a few people with uh, side headlock. He yes, he did. Give up during instructions. It's just it's quote after quote. He is just reeling them off. It's brilliant. Um, Shawn Michaels hits the. Uh, I mean, Gorilla calls it the reverse crescent kick. Yeah, I've but, got that here. Yeah, which would later become the sweet chin yeah. music. Tito hits the flying forearm. Um, Bobby calls it the flying jalapeno. That's right, or uh, the flying burrito as well. Yeah. Um, it's a weird finish though. It is a weird finish because, I mean, the match itself, it was all Tito. It was pretty much all Tito, Tito, Tito. But it makes me think that they're just doing the match that would have been Marty Jannetty and Sean. Because well, it... even, even the pin, because Sherry doesn't reach in and grab his leg or anything like I was expecting it. I expected yeah. every time I watched this damn show. Yeah. And Tito just falls to the ground. I think because he's holding Sean's... So he goes up to slam him. Yeah. Tito takes him up to slam him and Sean's grabbing up, holding onto the top rope. And I think what they're saying is he kind of lost his balance and went down. But then he doesn't really even hook the legs too much no, to keep him down for the three. And it's yeah. a bit of a confusing finish, you know, where, where the bell goes and the music comes on. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. But Sean Michaels gets the heel win. Yeah. Bobby Heenan calls him the star of the 90s. And he would be correct. Yeah, he is more than right. <clears throat> even though, you know, I'm not the biggest, I was never the biggest Shawn Michaels fan in the 90s. Even now watching it, I'm still thinking, you know, he's a he's a prick and I can't really get get past it. But you know, we know what he becomes, we know how great he is. You know, you only have to look at what we talked about two weeks ago at WrestleMania 19 and his match with Chris Jericho, where they they stole that show off of everybody. Yeah, he, he could go. You're like, you know, we. you can say whatever you want about Sean uh, burying people or whatever backstage or the politics of it or, or this or that or, you know, but you can't really say anything about his in-ring ability. He was... This, this is just before Mr. WrestleMania, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but this is the beginning. Yeah. This is the beginning of that character because, you know, what did he have on the back of his jacket? It's like, I'm too sexy for this show or something. Something like that, yeah. I thought I thought it was going to yeah, say for this shirt or something, but... Yeah. No, it definitely is it, isn't I'm for too, this shirt, you know. Yeah, I'm too sexy for this show. It's a fucking and, um, song. At the end as well, when, when his music's playing and stuff, he grabs Sherry by the hair and like throws her on the floor yeah. and then she's like lying there on the floor and then he gets behind her and that's the beginning of the, the pose routine of Shawn Michaels, you know? He's building it up slowly. Um, and yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a, it wasn't too slow of a build for Michaels. He does, well, maybe it is actually because he doesn't really push out until 
he does become Intercontinental Champion in like late 92, but it doesn't start showing late until later on. Yeah, because even they, they mentioned that Shawn Michaels has already challenged the winner of the Intercontinental Championship yeah. on, on this show. But for me as well, um, there, there's other matches on this card. Like the way this card is, is set out, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because yeah. it degrades part of the double double main event. Um, some of the matches that they chuck in, um, we'll get to them. Well, but... one, one got booted from the show. One didn't end up happening because of time. What and, match was that? Uh, it was Bulldog Berserker. Yeah, see, again, but that's another nothing. It was another nothing match that would have meant nothing, really. It weren't no part of no storylines or... I mean, it would have meant more to the to the UK crowd who were having the WWF guys come over for a tour like straight after. That's right, yeah, because I mentioned that and uh, yeah. Bobby Heenan says, oh, I'll be in Sheffield in a few days or whatever, in, in, in a week or so or whatever. Yeah. Um, that would have, yeah, it would have played to our side of the pond a lot easier, but nevertheless... Uh, mean Gene straight away. Here they come, and it's uh, Legion of Doom with Paul Ellerin, Precious Paul. Another fun piece of info is that LOD were meant to challenge Money Inc. on this show, but Hawk was suspended. So they couldn't build it, and it just they decided that they weren't going to go that way. What I mean, suspended, I take it, for drug taking or for doing what? I'm not, no I'm not really sure. That's the bit I didn't quite get. But it's just noted that he was suspended and couldn't compete on the show. He could, you know, he was till, still technically suspended, I guess, when he did the interview. But Well, um, he seemed to be a little bit shaky during the interview. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know. I mean, this is... Peak 90s um, debauchery times, probably. Um, but I, I, I've got to mention, I saw, I saw a video literally two days ago. Um, it was the Legion of Doom. So it was Hawk and Animal. Um, and they'd just been baptised. So they're in the church. I saw this. Have you seen this? Yeah. And, and, and it's weird because... You've got, I mean, and recently, obviously, uh, Joe Laurinaitis has passed away recently. And in this video, it's um, probably late 90s, I would say, would you reckon? Um, or maybe early 2000s. When did Hawk die? What was it? 2000? Oh, Christ, it must be 2004, five, maybe. Yeah, so this was looked like it was maybe year 1999 or 2000, maybe or something like that. But um, you know, it was them in church talking about how Hawk was up there and talking about how he's been saved and how he got baptized and his wife got baptized and Joe's talking about it and stuff. And I know it's like a, a big thing in America how to be they're being saved and you know they're quite a, it's quite a religious country really yeah. if you think about it. America is a massive um, religious country. Um, and it's uh, they, he says this line, and it's like, 
something like he's doing a, they're doing a promo in a church like you know and hawk gets the mic and it's just like you know he says i know sometimes i i the lord works through me now and i just say whatever i say and i don't think about it the lord works through me and he says something like they said that when I would be baptized and when I get saved, that the devil will be after me. Well, let me tell you something. If he comes over after me, I'm going to kick his butt. And it was just, he's like spitting a promo in a church oh, after he's man. just been baptized. It's just amazing. Um, you know, and, and he gets the pop. They get the pop in the church as well. Like, you know, it's just incredible stuff, man. Incredible church stuff. pop. That's the something. church pop. He gets that Sunday morning pop, man. It's just it's good <laughs> shit. This isn't a bad interview, though, to be honest. I thought there were some good bits about it. You know, Ellering in particular, you know, saying that revenge unites them. I think Animal says Jimmy Hart is scum. (laughs) The the lowest scum of the earth. And you know what's funny, though? Out out of all the Legion of Doom's um, interviews... This is one of the LOD interviews that I remember vividly. And I still remember it to this day when, you know, there's loads of different parts of it. But like I say, Ellering's a main part of it as well. But then you've got Hawk and Animal. Animal, when he says, uh, like, you'll be hearing the crowd chanting L-O-D, L-O-D. And then they start chanting it and he goes, and you will not be able to, you know. And it's just like, yeah, fucking yeah, man. It gets me really hyped. And then. You know, Ellering's talking about, yeah, revenge has brought me here and stuff. And then Hawk does a classic bit where he, he, he turns to Gene and he goes, Gene, we've been like a runaway train. Yeah. Scary, huh, Gene? And then he goes, but now you know what's even more scary? Look who's driving the train. Like, And it's just, it is one of the LOD interviews that I will always remember because well, it's bloody good. The, it's good. The best, the best line in it for me is where... Ellerin says they've always earned their money the old-fashioned way. They, you know, we beat, beat people, people for up. it, and I'm like, that's right, beat people. That's for you know, really good. Like, and I was, and I was it's a good it, LOD interview. Not, not you know, too much yelling, not too much shouting, not well, too. Hawk was, yeah, <laughs> Hawk was very subdued when he's talking. He's like, yeah. you know, we were like a runaway train. You know, it's um, it, it was cool, and and Heenan sells it as well because. Yeah. Uh, Ellering says, you know, from the cradle to the rocking of the cradle or to the hand that the, the, yeah, from, yeah, from the rocking the of the cradle yeah. from the from the to the grave, people be there. And then Heenan goes, that's the man that rocks the cradle, gorilla. You know what I mean? And he's just selling it that now Ellering's there. You know, it's going to be fucking, oh, what a rush. You know, it's yeah, good. Good, yeah. good interview, man. Good shit. Um, Sean Mooney is with Jake the Snake. Um, we have a lot of these backstage interviews before some of the matches. Um, this one isn't as good as some of Jake's other works, but he does call Jack Tunney senile. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not Jake's best interview, but it's still fucking good, man. No, the psychology, but there, there, is a, there is a massive reason for it, and Jake is not exactly at his best on this night. Um, they do recap his attack on The Undertaker and Paul Bear in the funeral parlour, and in the weeks before then the reason Jake isn't giving off his best work is because Jake would demand his release before he walks out to the ring he, uh, he'd asked beforehand a couple of times uh, maybe in between January and March <coughs> excuse me that he was 
he wanted to leave. He was in discussions with Kip Fry and WCW. He uh, he obviously knew his value because he was. I'll be honest, he was the top heel in 1991, maybe barring Ric Flair. He did some of the most heelish stuff that you could think of. He got a cobra to bite Randy Savage. He slapped Elizabeth. He was he was on top of his game. He was probably the heel of the of ninety one by you know, probably by far as well. I mean, Flair was 100%. Flair. But... Yeah, I mean, even even on this show, you know, before this, you know, where he. He, he was describing, you know, what he did to The Undertaker and the, he DDT'd Paul Bearer and he had The Undertaker's hand in the casket and he yeah. fucking, you know. Hit him with it, a chair. It's so good the way he describes it when they're watching it back. He goes, yeah, too fast, bad landing. You know, when he's, he's talking about DDT, it, he's the king of psychology, Jake the Snake Roberts. He, exactly. He, he knew how to make people angry. And good knowing that he couldn't get any more main event opportunities really in the WWF, even though he probably could have gone on and done a bit more work with Savage after, you know, after WrestleMania, he realised that he was probably going to be worth a bit more in WCW. And that's not, you know, someone jumping because they're a reject and all that nonsense that we hear every week because someone else has gone to another company. Yawn, yawn, yawn. It's Jake with his own notoriety, especially from late 91, knowing that he's going to be worth more in WCW and he'll get a higher program, a bit more money, maybe even a, shot, a few title shots on the way. Yeah. And he decided to hold, a, hold the show up and say, look, I'm not going out there unless you give me my release. And Vince didn't really have a choice. Well, obviously he had a choice, but he picked the right one. Mm-hmm. That's not definitely not any way to do business, but Jake knew he, he had to do what he had to do to get out of his uh, his deal with the WWF. And if, if you say he'd likely probably asked a few times and Vince yeah. had probably refused it, um, you know, and he, he felt, well, this is my only avenue. Also, it's also pretty well known that he wanted to do some booking as well. And that was never going to happen in the WWF at the time. They had their own... You know, they had the head, you know, the man himself, the chief, Vince, and Pat Patterson, Bruce Pritchard, you know, those lot doing the rest of the work. So Jake was sort of disillusioned with it all and wanted to move on. And again, not the way to do it, but this is how he did it. He, dem- he demanded his release or he wasn't going to go out. So he got his release and he does go out and wrestle The Undertaker. And for someone who was a heel champion, heavyweight champion in 1991, The Undertaker gets a pretty good pop in April yep. of 1992. Yeah, that says huge pop for Taker. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> probably, that it's probably because of what Hogan done. Hogan's complaining to Jack Tunney, yeah, probably turned him babyface. That's right. That's exactly what did it, turned him face. Um, Gorilla says there's a smell of formaldehyde. Heenan says, I thought that was your cologne. Yeah, it's great stuff. And he reminds us that he's Indiana's favourite Bobby. Um, it's great, man. It, it, you know, Heenan's great in this when they're talking about The Undertaker and he's like, death never takes a holiday. And and, and Gorilla's like, will you stop? That's the first, like, will you stop? Yeah. Um, he, he's like, that may be Lurch. He says, um, The Undertaker's the only that guy that takes a holiday at 1313 Mockingbird Avenue. That may be Lurch. 
Jake tries to stick a move early. Taker is, this is very early Undertaker, so it's very slow, very methodical, very, you know, every movement means something in this. And yeah, and there's a lot of blatant chokes in this. It was something I noticed. I think the match probably fell apart. Anything that they probably were going to do properly fell by the wayside when Jake said, I'm just getting this and I'm done and I'm out of here. Like, I'm not sticking around. Yeah. So they have as best a match as they can. You know, Jake does hit the DDT. And he then hits him, with, hits him with two, don't he? Taker, yeah, pretty much no sells it by sitting up. Yeah. I do love, um, I, I've always loved Jake the Snake's move where he does the arm ringer to the short arm clothesline. Oh, short arm clothesline, yeah, he does hit that. Um, it's, it's, it's one of my favourite wrestling moves of all time because it's just so smooth and um, it just looks the business. And Jake just, you know, it, it's great. Jake is, is really one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. Um, he's not necessarily in the ring or physique wise, probably what people will say as a wrestler, but psychology wise and yeah, the, um, the psychology and the art of it is, and the art of it, the thought of what has gone into the psychology and his move sets and the way he executes the moves, yeah. um, the way he sells. He's just fucking great, man. He, he always was. Um, Jake does go after Paul Bearer like at ringside, but the Undertaker catches up with him, tombstones him on the floor. Um, Gorilla says Tombstone City. Now, is that anywhere near Suplex City? Don't know. I think they're um, twinned with each other. Oh, okay, yeah, like yeah, twinned with some random town yeah. in Europe. Yeah, I get you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taker rolls him in for a free count, and the fans love it. That's it. That's Jake being buried on. Uh, on pay-per-view, and that's him done. Because Tony, Tony wouldn't let him bring the snake down. No. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, I mean, that was a weird one, but then once you realise that Jake is doing what he's doing, he just sort of, he's out of there. He's sort of makes sense. And they we, do um, cut to Mean Gene pretty quickly after this. They don't hang around on this match. Yeah, I mean, we do catch the old... Um, the classic WWF fan that can be seen at pretty much every single WrestleMania from bloody God knows when to God knows when. Is this Vladimir? Um, yeah, Vladimir, yeah. vest guy with the glasses. Vladimir, yeah. you can see him. That's our first glimpse of him that we catch just after this match. Um, and he's very much a part of my childhood um, remembrance of WrestleManias. Vladimir the, is. Vladimir is, yeah, man. Because, Vladimir, if you're out there, man, shout out to you, dude. I don't know if he's still. You know what? Do you know what, dude? How awesome would it be to have Vladimir on as a as a guest on the podcast? He would have seen some serious stuff. He would have seen and heard some shit, boy. Like yeah. he, you know, he he was at pretty much every WrestleMania front row, front row every time. And sometimes he was blench, man. He was, you know, with his <laughs> vest on and his muscles, um. I'm, I, I mean, if you're out there, dude, Vladimir, or if anyone knows, let us know on Twitter. Let us know anywhere if he's still around, if he's still alive. Um, we'd love to get him on, man. Vladimir, big up yourself. We do move to Mean Gene, who... Now, this is the best of the backstage interviews for me. Like One of them comes pretty close later on, but the backstage interview with Roddy Piper and Bret Hart 
Is another one so that I'll never forget. Another one that I'll never forget. It was great. Roddy, Roddy is joking about the hearts. You know, he's making a few, you know, trying to keep the mood nice and light, saying, you know, Brett, you know, couldn't tie his shoes or something. Or He's like, um, he's like, yeah, I remember when you was potty trained. You weren't potty trained till you were seven, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. He's like, you know, when you learn to tie your shoes, your shoes were always tied together. It doesn't matter. One you slice know, of bologna in the sandwich. Like yeah. what he's talking and about. Your mum used to be down there making the bologna sandwiches. There was only one slice of bologna, but hell, it don't matter. You know, Brett because... wasn't having it. No, he won't. I mean, um, it, it's, again, another one. Of, of the interviews of WWF that I'll always remember. And it's this Roddy Piper and Bret Hart one where, um, you know, it, Roddy, the way he is with the belt, and he's like, let me tell you something, brother. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's like, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, it, it almost falls apart. They almost like start fighting each other there and then. Um, but Roddy is, Roddy is carrying this one, you know, obviously. Yeah. But they always almost come to blows, and it is really good because Roddy's saying, you know, not today. Oh, you want to be a big shot, you know? And yeah, let me help you out something. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, he's already, got, he's, already got a, he's already got his belt wrapped around his fist. He's, That's right. Yeah, he's absolutely. Yeah, bye 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 <laughs> bye. When he does that, I'll always remember that when he's got the belt. Yeah, bye yeah. bye. He has it with she be mine. Yeah. Yeah, she be mine. Yeah, it's it's, it's fucking great, man. It's one of them promos that you just. You never forget. Man. Now, um, do you do you feel like this match was not placed properly on the card? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Too I think early. You might. Too early. Um, the crowd was the 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 card was ass about face. A little bit, yeah. It was um, fucked. You you know where this match should have gone? In between the main events. Possibly. Or before, or before the main event, you might have lost the crowd in between those main events, like you did, though. I mean, you've lost the crowd in between the double main event, yeah, because they went silent for the, the matches in between. So, I mean, I mean, we've already said Hogan shouldn't have gone on last anyway, but we'll get Hogan to... shouldn't have been on the fucking show, man. He shouldn't have even been on the show. He just wanted his WrestleMania retainer. There was no reason for him to be on the show. There was no reason for fucking Brutus the Barber Beefcake to be on the goddamn show. He no, was on wasn't. the fuck. Absolutely yeah. wasn't. We'll get to that. He was on the fucking show as well. Um, Jesus. But it is, it's a rare sort of, it's a WrestleMania babyface match. It's Bret Hart and Roddy Piper, who was our Intercontinental Champion. Um, Bobby Heenan's in fine form here as well. He, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't need to say it anymore because he, we already know he's excellent. In this. He, he was good. He's got um. Just quickly, did you see the Four Horsemen banner yeah. in the crowd just before this match? <clears throat> it was yeah, it, it. It briefly got lifted up, and I think they bottled it a little bit. But I saw a Four Horsemen banner, and I was thinking, yes, please raise it up. And they just got put it up for a second, and then brought it I think down. It but... comes up in the flare match as well. You might see it as flares. Yeah, and... mate. Um, Fucking good. Piper's um, bits at Brett, which uh, draws a few yeah. a few boos. Yeah. So Piper is sort of healing it up, but not properly. Yeah. Um, Bobby and Gorilla agree on something, and. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, like oh. WrestleMania. Yeah, you're right. Uh oh, we're getting out of here. <laughs> um, it, it, and Bobby, he's he's great when he goes. I remember when I was champion monsoon, and he goes, "When were you champion?" He's like, "I was champion, champion in my neighbourhood." <laughs> he's like, "I had the best girl, you know. I had the 
you know, it's great. It just he was on fine form in this, now, in this match. I noticed this pretty like this. I mean, there there was an absolute art form to Roddy selling an arm ringer. This just this went on for ages. Yeah, it was um, it was uh, a really good. At no match, point was it at no point was it boring. At no point was it two clowns dancing on an apron, kicking you know to a song, kicking people. Something we saw this week on Twitter. Oh, dude! <laughs> you know it, something else that someone sent me um, today: slow motion wrestling. Like, fuck off, man! Like, don't don't as, don't, as, don't be acting as, up in that. As Corny would say, it's these fucking cosplay wrestlers, bro. Yeah, yeah, cosplay. Fucking shit. cosplay, fucking um, shit. But yeah, Roddy selling the arm ringer. And Brett has got a minute, and it's oh, it's amazing. Like, if you get a get a minute, watch this and watch that back because it's perfect. And but then then Brett fakes a shoulder injury, <laughs> and Bobby is going. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe he's gold bricking. Yeah, <laughs> will you stop? Yeah, Gorilla's not having it, and then he pulls in for a small package, and all you can hear is Bobby going, "He's gold bricking, he's gold bricking." <laughs> yeah. It's so good. But Piper is also not having that and throws a slap at Brett. Like, this match is just it's getting more and more heated as we go on. It's great. And then he sucker punches Brett. Yeah. When Brett is uh, dealing with, what was it? His laces. He's trying to fix his laces. Yeah, he sucker punches him and Brett blades. Yes. Um, he would tell... WWF officials at the time that it was an accident, he didn't blade and all that, and they, I think they believed him for some reason. I mean, we can see it on camera when he when he blades, but he's trying to kayfabe it, man. Yeah, um, tried to fucking. Kayfabe but he does. It. He blades like just above his eye, so he tries to make it seem like it's not a traditional blade, you know, position. Yeah, because it is when he hits the turnbuckle. I think he tries to do it, don't he? No, no, he does it on the floor after the punch. Oh, right, because uh, directly after he gets up off the floor, then Piper smacks him into the turnbuckle. Yeah. No, as soon as he, get, as soon as he gets punched, he goes down. You just see his hand go up to his head, and you're like, oh, fuck it out. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Brett never really used to blade, did he? Not really, no. It would be the odd, yeah, the odd blade job here and there, but nothing his opponents would blade. Mm-hmm. But no. Uh, Piper would then start working the eye, which was, you know, which added to it because yeah. they're selling it as a legitimate sort of injury. Piper starts working it with the punches, and the fans are into every second of this. This whole yeah, match has just it. become a heated masterclass. It's great, man. There's um, there's a little comeback where Brett does his snap suplex, yeah. and it is the way he. It, the way Brett snaps his legs back when he snaps um, Piper back, it's like they're both in the air at the same time. And yeah. it's just, oh, it, oh, man. I mean, Brett's snap suplexes were always great anyway. Um, but I've also got a, a, some more memorabilia, dude. Yeah, we I do. May. Let's get this memorabilia up. And I will say, this is probably one of my prized, prized possessions. And it is um, a Brett Hitman Heart Best There Is, Best There Was, Best There Ever Will Be three disc collector's edition DVD signed by the man himself. Look at that. 
That is glorious. It is pride of place on my collection uh, shelves, and it is, it's got to be my, one of my prized possessions, a hundred percent. And I mean, Bretton Hitman Hart had one of the sexiest signatures of all wrestlers of all does, time. Yeah, um, I'm lucky to have one as well. I have a not but a yeah. signed, you have a signed photo of Brett. It's uh, yeah, it's it's. It, is, it feels like a prize possession when it's Brett, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's um, he was, you know, I know it's cliche, but it, as wrestling goes, you know, he is probably the best there is, the best there was, and the best there it's, ever will be. It's our generation, isn't it? It, it is a hundred percent, you know. And a lot of people knock Brett, right? A lot, a lot of people knock him, and they say. You know, they call him, you know, sour grapes or whatever kind of thing. But he really wasn't, you know, like he he's a, just a very honest person. Like he was if you watch, um, you know, there's a lot of shoot interview snippets on, on YouTube and stuff, you know, and he's really respectful a lot of the time. Um, he's not sour grapes. He just I've I've got a I've got a reason on this I've got, or even a line, you know, it's. Someone that took himself seriously in an industry that no longer takes itself seriously. Yeah, it like was. Like I said, two clowns dancing on a ring apron, kicking people to shit music. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't take it seriously anymore, and that's—I mean—that's a shame. But yeah, because it—that—that's the it the smarks, doesn't it? So it does, But this is the problem, bro. It's it, it now they've gone too far where they just where no one suspends their disbelief anymore and, and everyone's just looking for the most ridiculous angle or whatever. But I mean, as, as punches and, and that go, Bret Hart had one of the best punches in the business that looked real, um, probably way up there um, alongside Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. His punch was just incredible. Um, you know, so Bret always had that kind of you you bought into what he was doing when you know even though you might have thought it was you know fake or whatever predetermined whatever when you watched Brett wrestle you 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 know you kind of always bought into it because you're watching you were like yeah you know what I mean like yeah <laughs> you know there, Legit, I mean there's a there's a really there's a real intensity to this match like which just it's it sucked the crowd in. They're into every last drop of it. We do get a ref bump. Yeah. Um, Piper decides he's going to go and get the belt, and this is where Piper starts to get booed like pretty heavily. Yeah. He decides against using it, which he starts you know gets back on side with the fans. Puts Brett in the sleeper, which is his move. He's put countless people out with it. You know, including Hogan in like later on in '96, and Brett does something that no one's seen before. He uh, uses the turnbuckle to push himself back and Piper, so he would let so Piper would land on his own shoulders, and we get we get a free count. You know, Piper hasn't been pinned in years. Clean. It's a it's a fucking great finish to a great match. Yeah, and the pop was incredible. What a, yeah, what a what a what a piece of work this was. I really enjoyed it every second of it. And you know, Piper graciously gives Brett the belt. 
puts it on him and they uh, they go off into the sunset of this show. What a what a match, what a you know I would probably say the match of the night. I mean, there is it, another um, match which has just as much intensity and ju- is just as wild. But yeah, yeah, I would pick. The, I would pick this one as the winner. You're, you're probably probably right, man. Um, it, I would say match of the night for um, intensity, storyline, creativity, yeah. finish. It's a good storyline, you know. And just overall, a good match. A good storyline is never lost on us, and Bobby Heenan has a surprise for us. Oh, dude. Yes, this is amazing. I love this. It's the newest addition to the World Bodybuilding Federation. The man that was WCW World Champion about two months before this is the total package Lex Luger. And he calls Gorilla Fat pretty much right out of the gate in his interview. It's uh, it's pretty good, man, because he says... Yeah, I love what you're doing, Bobby. How you're bringing the legitimacy to this and right. He goes, I'm not sure about the fat one. And yeah. then Gorilla's like, Hey, hey, hey. He's like, But you, Bobby, excellent. Luger is putting himself over. He's talking about, you know, his training and stuff. And then he whips his, his jumper off. And holy fuck. And he then he reveals jacked. who wins the Ico Pro award for this he week. He does. He, I mean, he. He's clearly the winner. I mean, one person comes close, but like not really. Yeah. But yeah, Luger is jacked as shit here. He, you know, he picks up a nice glass of what I believe is probably white chocolate Ico Pro. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. It, yeah. It's clearly Ico Pro. He downs that, like, you know, yeah, he is the winner of our award this week because. Jesus Christ, man. He's bulging out of that vest. Something it's, it's so funny how every single week, me and Jordan, we independently of each other, we never discuss this before the show. We, we watch the show, we make our own notes, but we always end up picking the same person to win the ICO Pro Award every single week because we know what it takes to win the ICO Pro Award. We know the sacrifices that they make. We know the sacrifices that it needs to be made to win the prestige of that award. And this week, it is the total package Lex Luger. Um, yeah, he is, he is healing it up as well with Bobby, and it's, it's, it's good stuff. Do you remember... Um, Pretty shocking when, as well at the time. Well, I mean, it was, because I mean, he was in WCW for years before this. Yeah. Um, and in the coming up to 91, 92, he wasn't that big in WCW. Obviously, he's left WCW, hopped on well, a he cycle. Was, he was the guy picked to replace Flair when Flair was fired. So he was he was put in a pretty tough position. And he'd had enough of it, even though he was champion. So he would drop the title to Sting at possibly Super Brawl mm-hmm. or something. And yeah, he would. He said he's had. Enough, said he was done with wrestling, which um, I think someone else said that to WCW officials as well. Said they were done with wrestling; they were never going back to it. They were going to go back and work at the bar or something. That was a yeah. Kevin Nash's one. Yeah. Um, he turned up on WWF TV within a few weeks, and Luger, yeah, said he was done with wrestling. I think he probably thought he would 
going to go for it with this whole WBF stuff and doesn't really... It was uh, ripped. WBF it was ripped. Really him, did it? No, it, I mean, he said he'd only had a couple of weeks to get into the shape that he was in at that time. Can you imagine if he had more time? That, you know, the, he was absolutely ripped. He was, yeah. at, I mean, and he, he, I mean, clear winner of the ICO Pro Award, yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely ripped. And Heenan was loving it. Heenan was loving it. Yeah, if Heenan was, he had a massive sort of uh, turn on here for for Luger and whatever Luger was doing and saying and the way he drank that white chocolate Ico Pro shake. That's right. <laughs> um, there's a promo next backstage with the Nasty Boys Repo Man of the Mountie. They're super hyped about their match. Mental. <laughs> the way Repo Man comes creeping in at the does, back. Yeah. Um, I can't remember much about this interview apart from that they looked like they were on something. Oh, they were all like a cocaine sale of a drug, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, and then we flip over to Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Virgil, Sergeant Slaughter and the Big Boss Man. And fuck me, Virgil's a lousy promo. Oh, it's terrible. Absolute dog <laughs> shit. Sorry, Virgil. Because once he started talking, I was gone. I was like, I can't listen to this crap. Uh, they have Ray Coombs doing the intros for this eight-man tag. Um, Ray would be the host of Family Feud in America, which is Family Fortunes in the UK. If anyone, yeah. So he was that. basically um, the American Les Dennis. Les Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's the reference, the weird reference we're going to get into a show. Like every week, it seems like a, we get a weird British reference in. Last week it was Hyacinth Bouquet. I think the week before we got in Core Blimey. That's right. <laughs> this week it's Les Dennis. On Family Fortunes, that's right. Yeah. But um, they got Ray Coombs on there introducing them because um, it was promoting the WWF version of Family Feuds. Yeah. So all, they, all that week they had WWF versions. They were up against the, uh, the WBF guys, I think. Did you something. ever see um, the wrestling version of uh, The Weakest Link with Anne Robinson? I did, yeah. See, that's another obscure British reference, Anne Robinson. You know what I mean? Like, well, on The yeah, Weakest I Link. Mean, she did do the, the American Weakest Link as well, didn't she? So. I remember. Yeah, yeah. So she did. The, there's a wrestling, the WWF version of um, The Weakest Link as well. I'll tell you what. I, I do want to see the uh, WWF family feud. Uh, it'd be good to watch it because we'll Eden goes, yeah, yeah, you know, he goes, Eden's like, yeah, I'm going to be on there and I'm going to win all the money. Yeah, he our does survey do. said, you know, I, I just fucking love it, man. But I just, it would have been nice to see Les Dennis with uh, the WWF guys doing Family Fortunes, you know. Les Dennis, uh, British comedian, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, for <laughs> me, he's more known for what he did in the show Extras. Because he was hilarious in that. He was good. Um, <laughs> he was on Coronation Street as well, wasn't he? Was he? Dennis? Yeah. Or Emmerdale, one of them. I have no idea, man. It's crazy. Actually, talking about um, Coronation Street, I've seen a really weird interview and it had um, Kevin Hart um, behind the bar at the Rover's Return, just with a pint. And Liz McDonald, <laughs> and then he's outside Roy Cropper's calf as well, like this. This is crazy. You know that, that just that just reminds me of that um, that random photo of like Chris Brown and stuff like you know 
maybe another rap or something and in the just in the background you've got got the guy who plays Ricky Butcher <laughs> yeah <laughs> just standing there grinning his ass off like it's crazy uh, yeah this, these are some weird British references we're getting in and I think we're going to have to get back to the wrestling <laughs> get back to the wrestling um, it is the Nasty Boys Reaper Man and Mountain against Doug and Virgil Bossman and Slaughter Bobby Heenan plugs that they're on the Family Feud that week he also stops everything because he's just been informed that Shawn Michaels has left the building. Yeah, and then <laughs> Montu's like, no one cares. Why are you saying no one cares? <laughs> so good. Now, um, here's an interesting thing as well. I, I was caught by surprise. Hacksaw Jim Duggan was laying into someone, you know, gets caught out, and Gorilla says, one too many hoes. <laughs> in different area codes I thought the Godfather was about to come out yeah man with the hoe train it, I mean it's and this is the bit that annoys me it is a filler match and there's a couple of them here which makes me wonder why they couldn't find time for Bulldog Berserker yeah I mean it's um, there's a few yeah a few filler matches this was a nothing match you know we've got um, yeah, our tassel watch finds a few on Virgil but not a yeah, lot yeah um, it, it's it's a filler match. There's nothing of great. It just, I mean, poor old referee Danny Davis is trying to keep control. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird finish as well. Um, they they don't Virgil, even the legal man in this either. Yeah, that was what it was about. So yeah, it was it was a weird one. Nothing match. But the best part of it was um, the bit at the beginning where Ray Coombs is talking about the uh, the wrestlers on the heel team. That you know, yeah. saying it's. You know, he doesn't know the meaning of the word fear, talking about the mountains. Like, but then again, there's a lot of words he doesn't know the meaning of, you know. And he's just ripping into um, the, them so badly that when he talks about the nasty boys and he says, one word can be used to sum up their career. Lucky. And yeah, then he ends up diving out of the it. ring there, like trying to grab him and stuff. It's, it's great. Um, it's really good. Virgil is wearing a face mask in all of this because I think someone broke his nose. Uh, Sags gets the face mask off him tries to hit Virgil, ends up hitting Brian Nobbs. And, you know, Nobbs weren't even the legal man, the Mountie was. So I think we've given it as much attention as it deserves. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Because up next is one half of our double main event. And uh, it's, you know, Sean Mooney is up next with Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. And they have the, they have the photo, the big photo that they're going to put up on the screens of Liz. And this is Ric Flair... You know, in his in his best mode, really. You know, bright lights, big cities, and he says that Liz has one more shot at Space Mountain. That's right. For those of you not familiar with Rick's, you know, Space Mountain references, that means his penis. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, it's a really, really good interview, man. Um, you know, as soon as it starts, they start with the healing. So Paul Mooney starts saying something and Perfect just cuts in, shut up, Mooney. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Flair, it's just, it's good. You know, Perfect's there and he's like, uh, we, we've taken out all the blemishes we can on this photo here. So Liz is looking as perfect as she ever could, you know, and he's, you know, looking at the, they're both like, ooh, you know, looking at yeah. the picture and everything. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it's just good. It's just good, you know. And, and when Flair a, drops that line, you know. Do you have a Coliseum video exclusive here? 
that right? Not yet. It's um, it comes up. There's Gene Oak. What well, after this one? Yeah, because Gene is outside Randy's locker room. He's outside Randy Savage's locker room. There's no interview. That's yeah. it. Like, but then it cut. Then it goes to the ring and the entrances uh, of Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. Then you've yeah. got Heenan wooing loads like, um, and then it cuts to uh, Coliseum exclusive. Yeah. Well, you're gonna you're gonna have to tell everyone about it. All oh, right. Did you not get them on there? Well, yeah. not on the, I watched it on the network because I still but you know on the video where they're yeah. coming. Yeah, I knew where it so, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Lord Alfred Hayes with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, um, a Coliseum exclusive, and it's a it's a pretty good interview. It's a pretty good little, you know, pretty good little um, tingling. Yeah, it's good. Um, it is yeah. It's our WWF Championship match. It's. <sighs> Why it's going on now is beyond me, but here we are. Ric Flair with Mr. Perfect against the Macho Man. Just take it. Let's take a second to just remind ourselves how great Howard Fink was doing these ring announcements. There's a massive pop for Savage. Huge pop. I've got he that is. on my notes as well. Huge pop for Randy Savage. Now, not only is there a huge pop, but this is this is one of the best outfits that Randy Savage will ever wear. It's gold, black it's and gold. black, yeah it's, yeah. it's got tassels all over it. It's, you know, he's got a like, he's wearing a hat to begin with as well. It's, it's class all the way. Now, bearing in mind that this originally was meant to be Hogan and Flair, when I thought about it, when I was re-watching this again for about the billionth time, I guess I sort of had like an epiphany and realised that Savage should have been in this match from the get-go. Yeah, it's it's a weird one though, bro, because wouldn't it be not long after this that basically the WWF would say to Randy that you're going on commentary and basically we don't want you working no more? Um, I think that would get to around about 93, yeah. So not really that long after this. So you just think he's had a fucking great match here with Flair. And as you say, it should have been match really against Flair from the get-go in this main event. I'm saying this just because he's come off arguably his hottest ever feud. I mean, his feud with, with Jake. His feud with Warrior was great anyway. But yeah. this feud with Jake that he comes out, you know, on top of, after, you know, the bite, the Cobra bite and all that stuff. Like, Savage should easily be the number one contender. But then again, it's the fucking... It's the Hogan effect, and, bro. Yeah, Hogan's wearing thin as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. Brett's not ready. It's got to be Savage or, you know, Piper is... You know, because Piper is never really in or out for too long, it's Savage. Has to be. Yeah. And I was just amazed, like, why they weren't just putting Savage in there to begin with, like, and they were going with this Hogan thing. And, like, what were they going to do? Were they going to match up Sid and Savage or something? Um, or were they going to go, but... go with another Jake match with Savage? They'd already done it to death at this point. Yeah, I mean, but Sid wouldn't be in WWF for that long after this, would he? No, he would uh, He would be gone as well. He would... Um. 
And then what, he comes back like 96? Well, yeah, he goes back to WCW, doesn't he, in 93? Yeah. I think we've covered that one. He returns to WCW and gets a massive pop there because he's he's his own beast, isn't he? But I love Sid. I fucking love him. Yeah. But, yeah, that was just, just me sort of like, you know, writing off and saying that, yeah, Savage should have been number one contender in the first place. I don't know how, how it got so roundabout, but this is where we got to. Well, I mean, we know how we got to that, and we'll get to it a little bit later on in the um, in the event where there's a little interview and things about, you know, Hogan and and Vince McMahon as his, um, you know, says a few words and all this, and it's all this fucking sucking off Hogan fucking bullshit. Is this his last match? Fucking who gives a shit? kind of bullshit you know he shouldn't have been part of this pay-per-view I don't think I think it would have been better without him you know it might not have done the numbers without him though you know he still has a, he's still a draw so he's still I mean it might not have done the numbers but it would have been a better pay-per-view <laughs> yeah I'll agree on that <laughs> this is I mean this match there's so much going on in this match but I'm just gonna try and get through some of it like yeah Bobby Heenan is rabidly behind Flair on this. He's calling, you know, saying, you know, he's not going to lose it to a punk like Savage. Yeah. You know, and the storytelling in itself, you know, Flair is very overconfident. You know, it's something they eventually bring up. You know, it's just, it's just done. It's, you know, and not just because he's involved in the match, but it's done perfectly. I mean, he gets involved straight away when Savage goes after Flair. It's just, yeah, it's just a really, it's another really well done match. Like I said, second best match of the show. But, I'd, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, this should have gone on last. <laughs> it, it, this, this is what, I, and, I, and these little things annoy me. Yeah, these little things annoy me. And it's like, again, it seems like I'm always dogging on Hogan all the time. But he's one of these fucking people that indirectly or directly, his presence and his fingerprints over certain events have degraded events and and pushed people down the card that have had absolutely great matches that should have been pushed up the card more, you know, should have been more main event. I mean, the Bret Hart, um, the Bret, the Bret Hart, Piper match should have been higher in the card. Um, question, is, is Savage is Savage hotter than Hogan at this point? I, to be honest, probably not. No. Ga- gauging gauging from the pops that Hogan gets, um, but I mean, I mean storyline wise, yes, he is hotter. Yeah. He's having better matches. He's always had better matches. He's always been more intense. He's always because I was always a macho king guy. Yeah. I was never even really um an ultimate warrior guy. You know, I liked the warrior because he was I was a kid and he was hyped. But I was always um I mean I like the warrior. I like the you know, because I was a kid and he was hyped and he was you know, shaking the thicket. You know, we'll get to Warrior anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, I was always a Macho Man fan. He's, he, he, he just had that charisma. He, he, the, the, you know, the, you know, it just the whole, the whole 
thing of him, you know, the whole thing of him. The, so, you know, I mean, you're not uh, completely dogging Hogan here because you're saying like he's still hotter than he's still the hot one of the hottest things on the show. Oh yeah, I mean, he was still yeah. he was still hot in in the eyes of the crowd, but I do think it was more of an American thing. I think you'll find like, all right, you still get the Hogan fans in the UK, but I still think that really in the UK, people were more into probably Bret the Hitman Hart, Macho Man, yeah. uh, Warrior. You know, there weren't so many Hogan marks than there are in in America. I think it was, he was a very, you know, I am a real American, you know, we, you know, we are not real Americans, you know, we, we, um, and I think Brett says it even in one of his um, shoot interviews, you know, that when he came to Europe, um, you know, he, he was, he guy. was getting absolutely mobbed. He was absolutely, I mean, and Brett Hitman Hart for me, this is why this, this signature of Brett the Hitman Hart on this thing is my, is like my prized possession in, in my, um, in my collection, because Brett for me just was, miles above fucking Hogan, you know, promo wise. Sure. He wasn't up there. Um, you know, but still he should have, I mean, Brett, didn't Brett have Jimmy South, Jimmy Hart at one point being a manager for him when it was the Hart foundation. Didn't they have Jimmy at one point? Uh, yeah, I think so. Cause obviously Hart and Hart, it made sense that they were together. And I, I just, think they did. Yeah. I'm not, Maybe like in the, I, in the 80s, yeah. Yeah, I mean, early, early days this is, yeah, you know, early, early days. But, you know, yeah, H Hogan was, Hogan was, you know, a hot commodity on this show, you know, and he, he got the pops. But, I mean, if you even, when, we'll get to the Hogan match, but if you compare the two matches, there's, there's no comparison, bro. Yeah, there's no, there's fuck, it's not even close, man. Like, you know, it was at the point where even, I think Hogan just fucking called it in. He, he called it in. Well, there there is a there is some there is a story to that um to that bit like later on. And yeah, there's a there's a bit to explain, but like I said, this match is you know ridiculously dramatic. The fans think it's over on a two count when Flair goes to the top rope and Savage just sort of clocks in one and they start booing. Like they they boo after the two count because they think it's over. Just you know, yeah. Like that, and they've in two matches here. They've dragged the fans right into it. Like a really hot crowd. Flair blades pointlessly. This doesn't make any sense. It's um, it's it's when uh, there's a a reverse neck breaker for the comeback, and then Macho basically flares outside. Macho comes down with his axe handle thing and Flair hits the rail. But then it's probably Flair in his head thinking, this is the first ever time Ric Flair has been on a WrestleMania. Can you believe that? Yeah, no. Can you yeah, believe? yeah, that's it. It's his first WrestleMania. He wants to put on a show. But Do you know what I mean? If it was going to make any sense, and, and I mean, there, there is a no-blading policy here at this point, then Savage would have done it. Was there a no-blading yeah. Policy. But but Brett does it and Flair does it. Yeah, on the same show. Like. <laughs> yeah. They're just like two tears in a bucket. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, like, um <laughs> I'm pretty sure Flair and them were pissed when they saw Brett had done it, but Yeah. 
Oh man, it, it, it's funny. It's something just popped into my head. Yeah, there, there's a there's a movie, and it's um, have you ever heard of it? It's called K Fabe the movie. No, dude, I'll tell you what. Right, wrestling fans, right, dude, I'm gonna dig it out for you as well. It might even be on YouTube. And when I, when we talk about blading and stuff like that, yeah, um, they also call it getting color, and um, gigging, yeah. Yeah, gigging, getting colour. Um, and there's there's this there's this like it's a comedy movie based around this little wrestling promotion in Canada and it's called K Fabe the movie. And um Isn't the, isn't the Impact pro- Wrestling based in Canada now? No, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's basically just a comedy movie about um about wrestling and the promoter says um uh, no one's getting any goddamn colour tonight. Do you got that? Like, and it just when you say there's a no blading policy, I just can imagine, you know, Vince out the back just saying, nobody's getting any goddamn colour tonight. Because basically, <laughs> when they get colour or they blade, they get given more money or whatever. Yeah. So the promoter in this kayfabe, a real movie about a fake real sport. That's what it's called. Okay. Um, and he's like, no one's getting any goddamn colour tonight. I'm not paying anyone any goddamn money to get any goddamn colour. Um, and yes, it is on um, it is on YouTube. It is it yeah. It's called Kayfabe, a fake real movie about a fake real sport. Oh, and it's like an hour and a half long. And dude, it is fucking great, man. It is. It's just really good. It is just like if you could. Do you ever watch Trailer Park Boys? No. It is basically like Trailer Park Boys, but with wrestling. Okay. It's fucking. It's just great. I'm sorry. It's just really good. So anyone, um, I know people that really like it. Um, our friend Carl, um, Carl Gillespie. I know he's a huge fan of it. That movie. Uh, I think. Um, I also think. Um, our Hoss of the Week is a, a huge fan of the Sunset movie as well. Skip. Shout Sunset Skip. Sunset Skip. What's so shout out to, yeah, man. So shout out to Sunset Skip. I know yeah. Sunset Skip knows about this movie too. Um, it's for those, just, for those it's of you who don't know about Skip, I mean, he is he is the guy that's done it all. He was probably backstage at this point of WrestleMania 8. That's something was, we need to ask him, yeah. Yeah, I think he was the one that convinced Flair to Blade because he said, look, this is your fucking first WrestleMania, bro. You need to go out there. You just, even though Vince has told you don't get no colour, you need to do it, dude. A sunset skip fact right there. Let's uh, we'll right. double check that. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> we'll have to let him know that we've mentioned him as well, so he can either um, you know, deny the fact or he can um, yeah, qualify sure. it as fact that he was actually the one that told Flair to blade. Um, <laughs> Randy hits his flying elbow. Uh, perfect breaks it up. Uh, Although they're a little bit out of position because Randy has to move himself a little bit closer yeah. to get pulled out of the ring. Um, yeah. Oh, did we miss the knucklebutt duster yet? No, we just get into it. All um, oh, right. Perfect and Savage are having a little pull apart with the ref, and Perfect pulls these knuckle dusters like they look a bit plasticky though out of his uh, pocket. You know, a lot of the time they would make them out of soap from the hotel. <laughs> So they would they would get a, a bar of soap, yeah, and then they would like carve it out into the shape that would go round. Then they would wrap tape around it, and that was what they would use for a bit of a useless factory yeah. there. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, Ric Flair uses these uh, this soap tape, I guess, or tape, yeah. tape. <laughs> on uh, on Randy gets a two count. Perfect then hits uh, Savage's knee with a chair, and this is this is Liz's cue to come running down with a, a young Shane O'Mac. I've got that in the oh, notes yeah. as well. Yeah, a young Shane to, uh, O'Mac. Him and yeah. some of the other uh, backstage guys trying to get a you know to go back towards the entrance and whatever you know it, at this point it does distract from the fact that rick's got randy in a, in a figure four but that's i mean that doesn't annoy me that much well because that because he's what but this is when rick flair is doing rick flair once um macho gets whacked with the chair on the knee that's when he starts doing the high knee yeah. um breakers um you know and he's really working randy's knee um but then it's great because you've got fucking heenan as well as soon as liz <laughs> comes down the eye was like shall me the picture <laughs> show me the picture he's, he's insisting that she's winked at rick flair that's right <laughs> you know flair is now getting into comedy rick mode saying this is for you baby you know and all that stuff and, and heenan goes look at liz she just let out a woo no yes. she didn't will you stop and he's like she did she let out a woo <laughs> like and the match it, it doesn't fall apart but it does it does sort of grind slowly to a halt but Fleck like keeps working the knee and then you know swings a punch at, at Savage. Savage ducks it and rolls him up, has a fistful of trunks. Yes, right. And we've got a new champion. That's right. The pop is beyond huge. It's like, you know, arena shaking stuff. Um you know, it it's all a bit weird because Flair doesn't seem to like comprehend it. He's you know, he's still standing there in the ring. He's realising he's lost the match. He gets hold of Liz and gives her a kiss. Yeah, he, he goes up to her and he's like, what about me? What about me? You know what I mean? He's right in Liz's face and that. And then, yeah, he kind of grabs her. Um, now, hashtag me too. Uh, yeah, Randy didn't know about this. Which, oh. is why, which is why Randy almost knocks Liz over on the way to, to get, get to Rick. Rick. <laughs> yeah. Rick's such a cheeky cunt, isn't he? Yeah. He's such a cheeky fucker. But Rick said, like in his in his autograph, he says, "Let he, he gives her a kiss and then says, slap me, slap me.' Like, and she just goes for it. And you notice that some of Perfect's kicks aren't really that well pulled on Savage yeah. when he's on the floor. He's just sort of like toe punting him in the ribs. Yeah, he's laying him in, man. It's an absolute chaos. Um, they finally clear the ring. There's a fire. It's crazy because it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because they're like holding Macho Man Randy Savage down. But they like, are literally holding him down. Like, and, and but they just him. keep coming and kicking him. Like yeah. he can't do anything. They they had to hold him down until Flair had disappeared. Like Randy eventually calms down, but like he's not expecting that. And yeah, he thinks Rick sort Dude, of. Dude, do you reckon? Do you reckon Liz knew about it? I reckon Liz knew. Let's start. Let's start a thing. I reckon, like Rick, probably because I mean, not being funny, you and I, we both know as huge fans of WCW, who would end up in WCW alongside Ric Flair. True. This is it. Elizabeth and the one woman. Woman. Sean Mooney, uh, Flair. uh, Sorry, Bobby Heenan has left the commentary booth as well. He is making his way down to. He's pissed. He's pissed. To the locker room, because he is, yeah, he is... So good. So pissed. I'm sure Mooney does catch up with Flair, Perfect, and Heenan. Now, 
this is this is brilliant from Rick. You know, whilst the other two are complaining about the trunks and the cheating, Rick says we're not complaining. We're going to reassemble. Like he's not crying off to Jack Tunney about nothing. No. That's right. He's not. He wasn't in the ring like Hogan would have been, giving like plain charades, yeah. pulling up his, because Hogan. That's what Hogan going does. On, going under the ropes, yeah. Going under the ropes, showing it. Do you know what I mean? Punk son of a bitch. Like perfect complaints about the trunks, yeah. But there's nothing like the and Rick, Rick, like you know, putting gasoline or pissing gasoline on the fire, saying he'd love to get Liz and kiss those moist, wet, moist, lips. wet lips. Yeah, so like, <laughs> dude, he's fucking. He literally is just throwing gasoline on it, man. Like yeah. it, it's so funny because you got Bobby Heenan come down. He's like, "Don't worry, I've got it all in hand. I've got it on tape. He had a handful of tights, you know." And then you've got Perfect saying, this man here has never taken a shortcut. <laughs> it's so good. This man's never taken a, a shortcut. And he's like, but 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 Macho, he's a cheater, just like his old lady. Yeah, and it's just, quality. It's such a good promo, man. But like you say, um, Flair brings it back, calm, cool and collected, with his crazy hair and bleeding, you know. He's there, he's like, yeah, we're going to regroup. and But they keep talking about Next time, next time. Yeah. They keep talking about next time, next time. Even um, Randy Savage, they, they, there's a, a promo after of him. Oh, yeah, Sa- Savage just cuts Liv. a great promo as well after this. Fantastic. <laughs> Everything Fantastic. just comes into place here in this match. Even the promos afterwards, you know, saying he only got a piece of flair. Yeah. He wants to beat him up. You know, he's finally got what makes him tick and he's pointing to the championship. That's right. Yeah, he only got a little piece of him. He wants the whole thing next time. Even rips off that glorious outfit that he's wearing. But this, that as well. So the match itself, the whole hoo-ha, both of the promos afterwards. Why could this not have been the main event? Well, I guess it was to set up some rematches. That's the only way. Only way I can sort of put it together is that but they, st- they wanted they to still- get because they wanted to get a promo after the match of them saying how they're going to go again and you know people should tune in there's not going to be a Sid and Hogan rematch there's no, no need but this is why to. there's fucking no point in it being that should have been the, the first but part of the main if event you, if you think if you remember on one of our one of our other shows the gravest challenge of Survivor Series 91 Hogan and the Undertaker where they do flip the title goes on halfway through just so they can plug the rematch at Tuesday in Texas for another hour. Yeah. But so maybe it was fun. maybe the plan was to get some rematches on the road. Yeah. It's the only I mean, thing I can think of. It but then you you um then we get the WrestleMania weekend vignette um video package after and 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 you've got Vince McMahon sitting with Hogan and they're talking about, is this going to be your last match? You know, he's going to film rough stuff, you know, and then when he's after that, he's going to come back possibly and, and, you know, go after the champion or whatever. I didn't have this on the network. Did you not have that? Basically you get the, the, the WrestleMania weekend um, vignette and you've got, so first of all, you've got like Sherry, and the nasty boys and that singing a song on the stage for some charity event and it's really yeah. funny. Uh, is, this and the one with the, is this the one with the uh, the lookalike competition? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. So yeah, that's what yeah, because you know the video inside yeah. out. Yeah. So you've got Paul Bearer and um the, the big boss man, yeah, yeah and they, they win it, they're, they're tied, and then you've got uh, the competition for WrestleMania, the arcade game. There's a competition on that. Um, and then you've got, yeah, Hogan and um, Hogan and Vince talking, you know, and Vince saying, you know, oh, is this going to be your last match? You know, I, and he said, no, I'm coming back after. But I think there's another part in it as well where he's, they're talking about they do um, later on, yeah, in between a Sid promo. For some reason, they split a Sid promo. For some yeah, it's on. weird. After, after that, do you, did you get the press conference recap? Um, press conference for? Uh, they, they cut back to the press conference for where they were originally announcing that Hogan was the number one contender. Uh, is that when you've got um, Rick Martell in a suit and fucking someone says to him, who, who dressed you, Vince McMahon? And no. He's got, <laughs> he's, got, he's got some suit on. He's like, oh, who dressed you, Vince McMahon? It's just uh, fucking well funny. I got the, uh, I've got the press conference recap here where uh, Sid says that what Jack Tunney did was bogus. He says that No, I didn't bogus. get that. No. And uh, they also show Sid's turn on Hogan from the Saturday Night's main event. And where he uh, rearranges the barbershop and has all that like powder all over his face. Oh, no, no, I didn't get that. But we do get a Coliseum exclusive with Macho Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, take it away. And he, yeah, he's just, he's hopping around and Liz is there with him and he's talking about, yeah, next time I'm going to get you. And this time we, you know, like I say, again, saying I only got a piece and I'm going to get you next time. And in the background, like as as Macho comes around the corner with Liz, you can just see Hawk from the Legion of Doom just like leaning up against the wall. And as soon as he hears Macho coming around the corner shouting, he kind of like stands up, looks around, and then runs around the corner. Oh, it's really funny. It's great stuff, man. But yeah, it's um Heenan comes back after that because there's another match and um yes, absolutely is. Um, livid, man. Well, you also you also get a shot of the uh, Lumby. Indians or Native Americans dancing around the lumpy, the lumpy Indians, as Heenan calls them. Sean Mooney is with uh, Rick Martel. They're pushing limits here because you know Martel's saying that these uh, Indians or Native Americans have no style. Um, Tatanka might not be out there because he's out. He's he might not he might not wrestle because he's out there scalping tickets. I'm like fuck, man. Yeah, man, yeah, proper. Close to the line here. Yeah. Uh, Bobby returns to the booth. That's right. Um, everybody saw it. Savage had a fist full of trunks. And uh, they're going to get the title back. They're going to, you know, they're going to regroup. It's he's living. He's, time. He's like shouting at Gene. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> uh, um, says, Gorilla. How many of you are going to do it? Yeah. Doesn't matter. We're going to get the job done. And he goes, and you're not going to get me upset. Yeah, he's like, you're not going to get... But he's like, he's like so angry. He's like, you're not going to get me upset. You're not going to get me upset. And he's like, ah, okay, I'm calm now. Like, he just <laughs> he, settles he, down. He offers, he offers Griller out. He says to put him up. Yeah, it's so funny. It's, this is why it's one of my favourite tag teams on commentary. Yeah. It will always be Gorilla and Heenan. They're just... They're back with... He says... He says uh, 
like the in the Ric Flair match, he's he's saying to Gorilla, he's like, Go on, Gorilla, give me one, give me one. He's like, give you what? He's like, give me one, woo, woo. He's like, take that banana out of your mouth and give me a woo. <laughs> you know, they, like um, great. Yeah, if you only have to go back and watch the primetime stuff they did in the late eighties where Bobby was constantly trying to get, you know, Gorilla to break and, and laugh on camera and stuff. And he would because, you know, it's too funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I still remember as well, dude, when when Heenan left WWF yeah. and it was Gorilla that threw him out the back door. It's only way it's going to work. It was, you know, dude, it was, for me, like, I get really upset when I watch that as well, but I'm laughing my fucking ass off yet because Heenan's, like, stole a load of cutlery yeah, and a load of stuff, stuff in his stuff, back. Yeah. He's like, as he's chucking him out, he's like, what's this? He's like, oh, no, you know, I need that for my for my dinner and all this. And he's, like, got loads of cutlery he stole from fucking backstage, like, yeah. loads of bits and bobs. And he's like, you know, Heenan, it, it's so good, man. You know, like, I still remember that. I've got the, um, the best of Raw and it's on there, you know, and it's... Um, that's just brilliant, man. Like, and like you say, it was the only way it was going to work with Gorilla throwing him out. And that, well, yeah. This is um, Tatanka and Rick Martel. It's filler again, more filler. Tatanka has got some tassels on, but you know, whatever. The face factor, yeah. That I mean, the fans have really shut down on this. I mean, as they the, um, us as well. They, yeah, they start the match off. And the, the, the Indians or the Native, excuse me, the Native Americans, they're playing like some theme or they're singing a song. Yeah, and dancing out of there. And dancing out. And they've already started the match. But, the, I mean, Tatanka, actually, um, he would have quite a hefty unbeaten streak. Uh, yeah, someone who would end it? Ludwig Borger, maybe? I think it was Ludwig Borger. Yes. Oh, dude. Talk about Ludwig Borger. Good story there. Dude, that guy's life, man. Jesus. Yeah. Fucking hell. Like, you know, that guy, it, I mean, there's a vice uh, thing about it, I think. Or there's okay. um there's a there's a documentary about, about his life and there's um if, if you check our Instagram you'll see Ludwig Borger almost technically win the Intercontinental Champion Championship as well. Something yep. I did put out there when once I found that video. Um he was yeah, legitimately he, fucking alone, dude. You know, he was, he was tough. He was double tough. He was fucking crazy, man. I mean, and he he would have um, end up having like brain problems. You Did know, he become a politician. He became a politician, yeah. Um, but he was also a long term drug addict, alcoholic. Um, would end up, I think, shooting himself with a gun and giving himself fucking brain damage. Um. Yeah, dude, his fucking story is crazy. He was like racist, um, notorious racist, um, like swastika tattoos and shit. Um, okay. Yeah, no, the guy was That's fucking yeah. loon. Unfortunately, he's, he's like I say, he's passed away as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ludwig Borger, I think, was the guy that ended Tatanka's um, unbeaten yeah, streak. But he had, Borger, yeah. but, um... I think he, he had quite a long... Um, um, unbeaten streak, yeah. It does. I think it goes all the way into like ninety, like ninety three, ninety four, maybe. I'm not really big, sure. but then he, he he also he joins the uh, corporation, don't he? he? Does um, it's a weird one, but he he hits a cross body for the win. That's as much as this match is really. There's a few tomahawk chops and stuff. Yeah, so I was saying Tatanka is all chops. It's pretty it's much, 
And yeah, I mean, we can cross out, we can just skip over it as well, as much as they did, because yeah. Sean Mooney's with Money Inc. and uh, and Jimmy Hart, and they say that it's, it's tax time and you know they're going to take and all that stuff. You know, that, bearing in mind this is Ted DiBiase and the man, as I like to call him now, the father of the fiend. That's right, he is IRS. the father of the fiend, yeah, IRS. They're uh, Mr. Rotunda. Never gonna, you know, bring back IRS. He has to be the father of the fiend. That's it. Um, I got a question for you. Go on. Was the million dollar man possibly one of the best wrestling gimmicks ever? For Ted, absolutely. I think in general as well, like having someone who is just extremely rich, he was probably. I mean, they tried it with JBL, didn't they, after? Saying he had JBL, like... JBL, I think they almost sort of tried it with Bobby Roode. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, Wall Street. Yeah, the yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, you know, beer money and all that stuff. Beer and, money, yeah. yeah like, I, I mean, as a gimmick, yeah, of course it is. Of course there's someone that's got to be rich, you know. And whoever's rich is always a bad guy because they can buy whatever they want and people want to be like that, you know. So, yeah, I, yeah, it's a, it's a great gimmick. Like, it's... One of the best from that that era. That's that's because, what you know, for late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Like DiBiase, it crosses a line now because of his uh, manservant thing. But yeah, you know they called him the bodyguard for a bit as well. So yeah, we'll sort of stick with the bodyguard, Virgil. But did it? Didn't they have it at some points as well? When when the million dollar man would win a match. He would put money in the mouth of his opponent and then Virgil would like steal the money out of his mouth. You remember? Yeah, the old squash matches. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was a huge part of my childhood, remembering um, people like the Million Dollar Man. And, and and for me, when I was growing up, like I used to love that whole thing of, you know, his laugh just alone is just embodies that whole character that whole gimmick and you know the way that Vince sold it was like no you you literally have to travel first class you know you have to live that gimmick you have to be have the million dollar man yeah it's... if that was Vince McMahon if Vince was a wrestling character Vince, yeah Vince you know had saying? his own gimmick to begin with it would have been that yes Vince would eventually have his own gimmick which was the owner gimmick and the evil owner and stuff. The Mr. Mr. McMahon, yeah. Which would be incredible in its own right. But yeah, it, we, it would have been, it would have, he would have been, you know, millionaire Ted, not trillionaire Ted, millionaire Ted. Yeah. Um, mean jeans with the natural disasters as well. They're mad at Jimmy Hart for being a turncoat. Um, the time for talking is done, according to these lot, which is great because they were shit these, at it. These myth, these match, yeah, Typhoon. <laughs> Christ, man. Um, and it is our tag team title match. It's Money Inc. with Jimmy Hart against the Natural Disasters. This was meant to be LOD, as we spoke about earlier on, but Hawk suspension, you know, put paid to that. There's a guy flashing some money in the crowd, and Bobby Heenan just guns him, saying, you know, you're flashing six $1 bills. You need to get some proper money. Yeah. He, he also goes in on some woman, right? There's yeah. a woman that's got a sign that says natural disasters rule. And uh, he just goes, if she was at home doing the dishes, she wouldn't have time to make stupid cars like that. Yeah. Bimbo. Like, <laughs> just, and I let out the biggest lull. Like it was just it, it, like fucking yeah, dude. Like, 
you're well good. Um, um, money, money, and Kira just being overwhelmed by the big guys. They are. It's, it's a mismatch, and it's a weird, like weird one. <laughs> the natural disasters of the babyface team. Typhoon would botch going over the top rope in this. Yeah, but. This is not his most famous botch, so I can't even bring myself to talk about it too much. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a Shockmaster reference for anyone who's not who's definitely yeah. Look it up, man. You, everyone knows who the Shockmaster is. You know, there's um there's so many shoot interviews where people talk about it as well. Like Booker T spoke about it. Um, loads of people that were there, and like someone's because <laughs> David Boy Smith. Um, you can hear him. You can hear he's like, he's bloody, he says something like, his fell on his ass. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, also, there's a weird spot, a double clothesline spot with someone as big as Typhoon doesn't work. Yeah, do you know why? Because he turns his back on it. Like, he, before he gets, like, that's, I've got that in my notes, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny, like, Typhoon backs into a double clothesline. It's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it's, it, a double clothesline with someone that big against someone not as big just doesn't work. It's just, yeah, it makes it, makes it look silly. Um, Typhoon hits a big splash. Earthquake is about to do the big quake, and like the fans seem to get really into it. But Jimmy pulls IRS out, and uh, the champs walk away. They're done for the night. Didn't um, up, they're giving up their share of the purse? Gorilla says. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, um, we it, get, we get to our biggest waste of time of the evening. In this, go on. because Mean Gene is with Brutus the fucking barber beefcake. Damn, I was going to say, didn't the Natural Disasters like win the title once, but then have it taken away, or it was on a dark match or something at some point? I think they do win the titles eventually. Do they? Yeah. I do remember them winning the belts, but I don't remember it that memorably. Are they not the champions around SummerSlam 92? <coughs> Possibly, yeah. yeah. Yes, the biggest fucking... It's, it's, the waste, it's a waste of screen time here. Um Hogan's best pal. This is the only reason he's getting the time. I I zoned out on it because I couldn't be asked. I'm like, why the fuck are you here, man? Like, you're not wrestling. You're not actually any involved in any storyline. You're just you're not even a celebrity. You're just here. Um, well, he he makes the point of saying last match or not. You know, making a big emphasis on not like whatever. Like, don't care. It's um it's crazy because they talk about um his boating accident you know about his boating accident yeah. like for anyone that don't know about it like he was doing, someone was doing like <coughs> paragliding or something like that and um as they've come along like he's got someone's foot or boot right knee, in the yeah, face someone's, this a woman's knees went flying into his face and literally they had to completely reconstruct his whole face um and he, basically he came back as the booty man um, it was <laughs> so they reconstructed him better, faster, stronger than before. The booty man, the butcher, the um, zodiac, zodiac, the disciple. Yeah, there's more, isn't there? But yeah, there is more. So, but basically, there was no reason for this apart from Hogan probably wanted to get Brutus a little payday. Our, our best, our best perfect sort of gimmick, goofy mate. 
Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, that's right. It's like he's basically just his pal. Um, but he was probably just getting him a payday. <laughs> Excuse me, getting him a payday after he had the uh, the bad boating accident yeah. where he couldn't. A payday work for a, an interview that short is what twenty bucks and a bag of crisps. Like, there's there shouldn't no. be any real pay on this um, because it does. It takes time away from what's coming next, which is Owen Hart and Skinner. And the alligator man. Yeah, the, the the alligator man. This this match probably takes up less time than beefcake. <coughs> I didn't count it properly, but it was it was horrible. It was literally <coughs> three moves. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, bloody hell. Space. Yeah. Owen skins the cat, rolls him up for the win. Done and dusted. Yep. That's it. You know? Yeah. Terrible. We get to Gene again. With the with Sid Justice, Sid's the line of the night. Shut up, you fat, bald-headed little oaf. Yeah, love it. And again, this is another interview that I will always remember. Yeah. And I think you know because I was the age I was when I watched this is probably why a lot of these interviews are memorable to me. But there was some corkers, and um, Sid's interview here was an absolute corker. You know, it's yeah. um, you fat, bald-headed little oaf. You know, yeah. that first line from there, um, you know, and he what talks you about, you know, I curse you, I curse you, you know, but that would be in the second half where they split this interview. They split this interview, yeah, they cut to that Vince thing with Hogan. Is it your last match? You know, he Are you going to retire? Fucking know. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then you get that, thank you for Hulkamania, you know, oh. God. But then they do the awkward handshake as well, where Hogan's like looking at him fucking really weirdly and that. It's like the most awkward... It's awkward, dude. Maybe they were going to cuddle afterwards, I don't know. Or just sniff a line of coke. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're going to down some white chocolate Ico Pro. <laughs> and uh, get right to it. Speaking of Ico Pro, there was a question that was uh, posed to me. Not long before the show, to die, not long before the show was, we started recording today, Cactus Matt would like to know how rich you are after using his weights. Yeah, I'm getting there, man. I'm getting there. My shoulders are getting bigger. Look at that. Um, we yeah. Can't see under, we can't see under the jumper or under the hoodie, but he's, yeah, I'm, he's flexing. I'm not, I'm not quite Lex Express right now. Not quite. Um, but I'm, I'm getting there, man. Next week, can we see you in a WBF uh, vest with your traps and your arms out? <laughs> if you're lucky, man. And That'll be the Halloween can, can episode, down, so down I don't want to scare of, people. Uh, can I get you to down a glass of white chocolate Ico? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he, he, he did pose that to me. He wanted to know how rich you were. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't quite say you had to whip your shirt off right this second. It would be a bonus for any of our viewers if you did, I'm sure. But <laughs> Don't make me shoot a promo on Cactus Matt right now as well. Let me tell you something, we brother. We got time, man. We got you time. know what I mean? God damn it. Because I've actually wrestled Matty as well, as you, as you know, you know. And uh, The footage exists, <laughs> man. The footage is there somewhere. The footage is there, man. I've got a lovely little video of Matt, like, just kicking the shit out of me, holding onto my leg. And holding on to my foot and just kicking the back of my leg and going, this is your this is your champion, is it? This is your hero, like talking trash to me, kicking the crap out of me. And he wants to he wants to 
He wants to hope that I don't get too hench. The, the, yeah. ma- the man, the man could play a vicious heel. Trust you, he can, yeah. But the thing is, he can't be a real live heel because my son loves him too much, man. No, my my son loves Matty a, too much. He's definitely not a heel in real life. Um, no, he's not. We get to the <laughs> second part of this interview. You know, Sid wants to end Hulkamania. He's the man that rules the world. He gets so intense on that. So good. Yeah. It's a shame that he didn't last longer in the WWF. He but incidentally finished, he finishes a pretty distant second in the Ico Pro Award this week. But he is he is jacked as well. I've got I've got Sid as runner up. Yeah. yeah. I've got Sid as runner up. He was he was he was big. He obviously wasn't training as, as crazily as Luger was. He um, weren't um taking as many vitamins, saying as uh, many prayers, or drinking <laughs> as much milk. He wasn't uh yeah. Dr. Harvey Whippleman introduces Sid Justice. And then this is where, you know, things sort of change. Like, you are annoyed that this is the main event, but Hogan gets that pop, which is like, fuck, man. Like, still outrageous. The music's still playing as he starts to get the better of Sid in the early exchange. Like, I don't know why the music's still going. Well, it's one of them ones as well. And I, I, you got to rate Sid for this. I mean, there's loads of signs, though, that say Sid rules the world. Sid yeah. is the man. You know, there's I have a, a lot question. of stuff. Yeah. Could Sid have taken Hogan's place? Um, because yes. that's what Sid was brought in for. Um, I think he, he had it all. He had the, he had the muscles... Um, but maybe it would have only have worked if Hogan would have turned heel. Yeah, I mean, Sid was always brought in to replace Hogan because Hogan was, you know, winding down a bit. Sid never wanted to play babyface, though. He always insisted that he play, he was a better heel. But Yeah, but I think he took bad advice from people on that one. Possibly, because the reaction Sid would get, especially like the ones we've seen, like where he returned to WCW... You know, it was Pop City. You know, when he would turn up yeah. in ECW, he was, you know, instantly the most over guy in ECW. And when he, you know, when he would win the title at Survivor Series in 96? Yeah, against... Um, Madison Square Garden, again, massive pop for yeah. Sid. And he goes out and starts fist... But even though he's a heel, right, he finishes the match and starts fist bumping fans. Right. <laughs> so good. It's, yeah... It, it is possible he could have taken Hogan's place. I think we'll leave that up to a bit of a, sort of a discussion for others. I think it would take too long to try and break it down. I mean, Sid still for me has got one of my favourite WrestleMania moments as well. And it's that promo at WrestleMania 11. With Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy, Nick Totoro, you know. What do you think he's doing right now, Nick? You know, yeah. he's got a feeling in his belly. It's fear, you know. It's just, you know, uh, <laughs> your dreams have become the nightmares. <laughs> like, uh, the fans, the fans have come alive here now. Finally, they've woken up after those sort of like in between matches. Bit weird having the old test of strength rest hold that quickly. 
It's weird, yeah, because as soon as the match starts, it starts like, as you say, with the music playing and that, and Sid's already getting battered. He's taking <laughs> ring um, apron bumps, you know. He's, you know, it, it's starting like that. But then, yeah, I mean, but that test of strength as well. Like, uh, Hogan really wasn't selling it that well. It was fucking awful. It looked terrible. Yeah. Um, but I did like the choke slam on Hogan. Well, the choke slam the started, it got some cheers as well. Uh, I thought yeah. it was funny. Great. Uh, this is where Gorilla, Gorilla had, like, coined the term Psycho Sid as well. Yeah. And it's something that he would obviously later on use in the WWF. Yeah, there was some good cheers on the choke slam, but then again, Sid got cheers when he eliminated Hogan at the Royal Rumble. So, fans, some fans were ready to get behind him. Uh, he uses the doctor's bag like the, that Whippleman has. He uses that yeah. on Hogan whilst Harvey distracts the ref. Then we get another rest hold, the nerve hold. I'm like, why have we got another one? We just had for one. ages. Yeah, for ages. Maybe Hogan's blown up, man. We don't know. You know, it's um. Someone must have been. <laughs> Right. After the after the test of strength and um, he chokeslammed Hogan, I liked it how him and Whippleman went to the corner to the camera. Yeah. And he says, I've got a saying, and it goes, do unto the man as he would do to you, but do it first. Do it first. You know? yeah. But it's just, it really is really good. good. I just think his whole character and persona of Sid, like it was that kind of madman. Like that whole of... talking to the camera thing. It was almost a bit buff Bagwell, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, buff with the stuff, yeah. you know. <clears throat> um, the nerve hold, yeah, Sid would uh, call for the power bomb. He would hit him with it. Obviously, it's a two count. He's hulking up. The Hulk up does, you know, it does what it does to the fans. It's not as good as the Hulk up from WrestleMania 19. Yeah. He does with Vince. Like, that was in, I mean, that one was brilliant. This one, for some reason, just doesn't hold as much. Yeah, because I think, I, I think because we probably wanted to see Hogan lose, and we, it's nice to see him getting power bombed by a monster like Sid. You know, it's um, it would have been. I'm surprised he didn't hurt his neck like that tombstone that never touched the ground. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm trying not to set Chris up on this, but don't man. I, I like I say, it's, it's fucking like I say. I mean. I, but don't get me wrong, I'd love to meet Hogan one day, I'd shake his hand, I'd have a picture taken, I'd get an autograph or whatever, but like I say, it's just the whole character. Would, just. Would you say thank you for Hulkamania? <sighs> no, do you know what I would do? <laughs> I'd say thank you for Hulkamania and that you allowed Bobby Heenan to rant about how he hated Hulkamania for yeah. years because it gave me so much entertainment. Thank you. Um. Yeah, there is a Hulk up. He does slam him. The big leg drop. Sid kicks out. And Check there's out. a reason for this. Yeah. Because Charles Wright slash Godfather slash Karma slash Papa Shango, as he is in this guy's, missed his cue. Yeah, because... He was, he was meant to break the pin. But in the end, Whippleman... Because Whippleman comes in, and I think that's what he's supposed to be disqualified for, isn't it? Yeah. Because they, it, it does count as a DQ because, you know, Whippleman inserts himself into it. But Pabashunga was meant to break the pin of the leg drop and that's where the DQ was going to be. Right. But 
Shango missed his cue for whatever reason. Maybe he was taking a shit. I don't know. He might have been with the hose. He could, yeah. He maybe he was getting, yeah, he was with the hose. Um, but yeah, he he does make his way out to the ring. He's way behind wherever he was meant to be. Maybe Hogan and Sid went ahead too quickly. I'm not sure. But they start, him and Sid start laying into Hogan. Sid goes out to get a chair. And that's the Warriors music, as Gorilla says. And again, the place has lost it. Like, no one's expecting to see the Warrior here. He'd been fired in the summer of 91. So, yeah, not that long ago. He got fired with um, Davy Boy Smith for. um... No, this was in 92. Oh, okay. He he demanded money, I think, before SummerSlam 91 to go out. Like, he demanded more money to go out and do the match. And Vince fired him after that. And uh, him him and Hogan against the Triangle of Terror, whatever they call it. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so the Warriors back. Him Him and Hogan get rid of Sid and Papa Shango. They announce that Hogan does win by by disqualification, but I'm guessing the, the world is thinking, fuck that, you know, the Warriors back, and they both have a big old pose, you know, Hogan must pose, pal. Um, yep. and there's more pyro to end it, and we get a so long everybody from Gorilla, and that's it, like, that's... I mean, it's a, it's a cr- crazy way to end a WrestleMania, you know, one of the biggest stars from a couple of years before, even 91, maybe, because he had that killer match with Savage at WrestleMania 7. Like, he's still a still a huge name, and for him to have a surprise, he does come back a bit smaller than he was, which led to a lot of uh, rumours about Warrior not being Warrior and it being Kerry Von Erich with face paint and shit like that. Yeah, it's only because he had a slightly different haircut as well. Yeah, he so had, a, was, had a weird sort of... It looked like a soccer mum kind yeah. of bob, yeah. But yeah, that was a... And that's... I mean, that's your WrestleMania 8. That was... I mean, even describing it, maybe you'll feel it like as I'm talking about it, but I had, I really enjoyed watching that one again. Yeah, man. It's, it, I watch it, so. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it because I've got fond memories of um, of a lot of the promos. Um, I do have a slightly bit of taste. Where a couple of the matches were not given the um, the prominence that they probably deserved. No, but uh, overall, you know, great event. Um, I'm not yawning because of the event, but it's because it's getting no, late. Um... Chris is tired for, you know, very particular reasons in general. I'm tired because I'm always tired, but <laughs> you know, um, it's been it's been a hell of a week for both of us, I guess. Like, I know you're incredibly busy doing what you're doing. It's it, the way we talk about this. It's not because it's a secret. It's just because you know we have personal lives and stuff. Yeah. And you know, I would like to, and I didn't tell Chris about this beforehand. Like, maybe I should have done, but. I like to shout out my mum, you know, we I've mentioned my mum a couple of times, like for what she does for me and what she buys and stuff like, you know, when I was a kid and all this enabling me to be such a wrestling geek. Um, but she is currently in the hospital with a fractured back and it is like kind of horrible for her. So Oh shit, dude. Yeah, I hope she you know, she she will be listening, hopefully, you know, 
unless you, you know, if I'm honest, morphine and this show would probably knock her out. So, dude, what a combination, man! Yeah. Morphine and this show, damn. <laughs> That's not an invitation for people to start doing that, like you know, on the streets, like prescribed <laughs> morphine. Yeah, but you know, mum, get well. Soon. Yeah, shout out to Mama B, man. I hope she, yeah. I hope she's doing all right. Yeah, and yeah, so it's, you know, we haven't really figured out what we're doing next. We are. There is a Halloween special coming. It will likely be a Halloween Havoc show because just because you know we didn't do our, we didn't do our giveaway last week. We did we did talk about it, but like I said, things have got in things have got in the way. Things have got in our heads. Yeah, it it seems. Yeah, both both of us have had uh, stuff pop up um, this week that has um, kind of thrown us out. But we're we're still here. We're still doing it. No matter how uh, tired or hectic yeah. live may be, we are still trying to find time to um, put out this content for y'all. So um, do us a favour and subscribe to the channel, please. Yeah. Um, that would be fantastic. I will be honest. I will, I will definitely try and get a giveaway up just in time. Maybe probably just before, like, you know, next week's show. Get something going, you know, because I've got a couple of ideas in my head that I'd like to speak to Chris about, like, on how you can win this sweet, sweet stuff. And yes. <laughs> if it means you've got to sing some karaoke for us, just do it, you know? <laughs> Dude, why I'm not, not, man? I'm not advocating anyone send us any videos of them singing. Please, God, no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's it. Um, thank you to everyone, again, as usual, for still sticking with it, watching it, making it, making it what it is. You know, we have a lot of fun doing it. We have a lot of fun talking about it. If you like it, hit the like button, show us some love on Twitter, on Instagram, in on Facebook. Yeah, we're we're everywhere. That's right. Um, yeah, the group on Facebook would be nice if we can get some more people. Um, we do have some random people, like I say, we have a lot of people that we don't know in the group as well. We've got some some people that have added it because they found it. Um, or they were listeners. We our subscriber account is creeping up on YouTube, but we really need to get that up as well to oh, get, get getting it pushed uh, pushed up and out and about. Um, you know, uh, Twitter, Instagram, subscribe. Yes, hit that button. Stop messing it's about. Free. That's right. In Cockney rhyming slang, it's buck she. It don't <laughs> cost you nothing. Um, so yeah, please give us a subscribe uh shout out to the main man jb obviously he's had a lot going on this week and i appreciate him being here this evening um we will be back in roughly a week ish yeah, with another yeah. show um as jb said we do know what we're doing for halloween but we um we don't really know i mean how many how many shows we've probably got in between now and the Halloween special? We've probably got another show. So Yeah, probably another show. So we might not get a WCW show next week. We might even flip it and go to another company. I was going to say, I, dude. I had a suggestion in mind, and purely because we could be heading this way. What about a lockdown? Do you know what, dude? A TNA <laughs> lockdown show? Are you fucking... So Do you know what, dude? That we've just decided on the show now that that's what's going to happen. We're going to pick a TNA lockdown show, and we will. That will be next week, our first TNA. The, the UK is, you know, sliding ever so quickly towards a, a 
possibly another lockdown with this corona covid stuff and i thought it would what why not you know this could this would be my first tna show for a long time like i said my the only piece of tna history i own is uh turning point, turning point. 2004 yeah it'd be too easy for me to do that i should watch something new i should you know and it's called lockdown so you know what a hell of a time fucking good shout dude good shout and for anyone that doesn't know tna lockdown is a whole show of matches inside the steel cage fuck is it really yeah dude that's why it's called lockdown show yeah dude match like one one cage match and that's it no man it's the whole show's lockdown mate tna lockdown yeah what was i thinking oh dude you were thinking correctly you've said it now we're doing it it's lockdown next week. And it's then lockdown, Halloween. TNA lock- And then we've got, um, and then we have got a Halloween special coming up. Oh, I'm excited. I get to watch some TNA and Jordan's not going to moan at me for it. Brilliant. Well, wait till my notes come out. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, if if I could as well, I'll pick you a real good one, man, because oh, like, like I say, there are, there are some real good ones because I want you to... I don't want you to be left with a, a sour taste in your mouth after watching a TNA show. So we'll, we'll, we'll watch a really good one as well, because there are, there are some crackers, man, from the Bravo years. Um, okay. You yeah. Know. Okay. Yeah. I'm, so I'm there, there are some really good so let's, uh, let's pick a good one and like hope that people remember what TNA is. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, on that note, we will love you and leave you, everyone. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. for watching. Uh, catch us on YouTube. Catch us on all the podcast platforms. Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, CastBox, Apple, uh, Amazon, you know, Google, um, iHeartRadio, um, you know, everything. Literally every podcast um, platform imaginable. This has been episode 20. We've made it to 20, dude. Um, now we're into the, uh, the 20s, baby. And this was WrestleMania 8 from 1992. I've been Chris Dredd. Thank you very much, everyone. I'm JB. So long, everybody. Peace.